Motorist Insurance Group and Brick Street Insurance have come together to create a better one-stop shop for agents and policyholders, encircling you with coverage at every step in life's journey. We are now in Cova Insurance. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Everybody to open the voice gate. It is John here along with Michael and Milo recording. <laughs> Hello. Starting to record 20 minutes later than we said we would because if, if for a little like behind the scenes peek, I'm always late, everybody. Always. So I apologize. Sometimes it's, I'm late because New York City buses can go fuck themselves. Sometimes I'm late like today because I forgot to watch the retro match that I voted for. So <laughs> that, that was uh, that was good, John. But in my in my defense, though, I do record about approximately ten trillion podcasts now. So wow, the podcast just never end for me. Look at the next coming of Rich Krejci over here. Yeah. Well, I mean, I only do you know two, but it's a lot. <laughs> I went I went from doing open the voice gate like. I don't know, we, our, our fucking recording schedule, whenever the hell we feel like it to like an actual weekly podcast also. And it's just, it's a little, it's a lot, but, but people really love Omakaze. So I'm not trying to complain too much. Um, it's just like these weeks where you're doing two in one a week. It's like, uh, I, I don't know how Rich records like seven in a week. And he's sick too. Like, yeah. 
Well, like he, I was listening to the flagship last night, and he was struggling. So, like, yeah, he was really that, struggling through it. And yeah. so now, imagine if you're him, you already record like seven podcasts a week, and then you have this, this like, I don't know, this annoying person bothering you to be on Omakaze until you finally do it. Like, I, I, I'm, I'm lucky he didn't like, you know, have me excommunicated. <laughs> You've been exiled. <laughs> this has now opened the fashion gate. But yeah. What are you what are you guys been up to though? So I did music over the mat. Oh week. yeah. It's not out yet though, right? No, it's um out I believe Tuesday. Right on. Okay, look at look at you. You're doing a lot of podcasts too now. Well and right. I'm I'm going to the finals of the Big Japan Tide League today. Oh awesome. Who so, so who's in the finals? We don't know yet. Oh yeah, I mean, okay, who's in the semifinals? I mean, it's uh, like Death Block uh, semifinals are, I think, Ito and Kobayashi versus Take, uh, Takahashi and Ueki. Yeah, that sounds right. But the, str- the strong block is the what? The strong block is Sekimoto and Sato versus Kamitani and Hashimoto, I think. Ah! Uh, sorry. sorry. So I know what I want my final to be, but I don't know. Yeah. But that you, but you're getting an you're getting at least one awesome fucking match there. Like that's yeah, insane. and um, there's a Yonkitu Kenju versus Okabayashi and Shingo on that uh, too. Shingo in Big Japan is way better than Shingo in Dragon. I still gotta check if I can buy Rotten Tomatoes anywhere near Kodakman. No. <laughs> so, so, um, so what? Do you already have your seats, or you're just gonna buy them when you get there? Oh no, no, I have my ticket already. Where are you sitting? Oh boy, I'm sitting um, one row behind where I was at Wave. I'm sitting H twenty six. Sweet. So up yes. in, the, in the in the oranges. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, like, I, 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 I like that seat, uh, the seat that I had at Wave a lot, so I just thought I would get in, one in the same area. Are you going with anybody or just by yourself? Um, by my, just by myself. Okay. Because I was thinking JoJo doesn't really go to, wave, go to Big Japan, so. No, I don't think JoJo wants to see me anymore for like two, two months. He's tired of babysitting me. <laughs> I'm sure that's not true. Come I mean. On. All I did the last time we saw each other was, like, crew over Hajime and scream at Marufuji to murder Eddie Edwards, so. (laughs) (laughs) JoJo did tell us that, like, the moment Marufuji lost out to Eddie Edwards, you, like, stormed out of the building. Oh, I did. I I don't have time for this shit. (laughs) See, I like Eddie, but I, I know you don't like the white people in Japanese wrestling, so I get it. But But I've only done the, like... Granted, I haven't been to a lot of wrestling shows, but I've only done that twice in my life, and I was extremely pissed both times. I couldn't just—I just couldn't stay in. Yeah, I don't know. I had—I didn't think—I didn't think he was winning either, but I, I managed to watch it not spoiled. I thought that match was amazing, but no, I, uh, it was a great match until the end. Yeah, but I really love. I don't know if you've uh, if you watched that show yet, but I really really loved it. Yeah, I would know. It was fantastic. I just did, not not only did I watch that show, everybody, I did an episode of Wrestling Mikaze on it this past week. So, if you want to hear me and it's Dylan Harris, when? I'm sorry. It's out when? Sorry. Oh no, it's out already. It's been out. It's out already. So, I have to listen yeah. to because I really want to hear your opinions on the lucha match. Yeah, me, Dylan, and um, Dylan Harris and Colin Dunphy, all three of us did it. Did an episode of Mikaze on it, so that was really fun. And. Yeah, I yeah, but but your episode of the music of the matter. What's it about the Jimmies? Yep, it's so uh, Jimmy's 
Jimmy's music. We did all their themes, and um, we also threw in um, Kizuna because, of course. Um, did you do? Uh, did you do? So you did QQ Torinaga Dolphin, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Of course. Of course. Yeah, we did uh, all the Jimmy's themes. And see, I knew this was coming because. Um, you know, Andrew came to me and was asking about uh, so K- Kizu. They they had they they like use a different name for the Jimmy's version. I think they just. But then I basically pointed out to him that like oh they called it Bonds, and I was like, well that's what <laughs> it's that's the what, same thing. Yeah, that's what that means in Japanese. I was like, that's Kizu means Bonds. <laughs> but like once he showed me the cut, like once I showed like like basically once he showed me it was Bonds, it's like well, you know, that's what that kanji means. So. Um, but yeah, so that was, uh, I knew that was coming. So he was, he was wondering whether or not to include it and whether or not it was a different song. I think it's like very slightly different. Mm. I don't, I don't actually know which version, um, is going to be on the show. Yeah. I mean, the differences I think are so tiny that it doesn't really, I don't really mind it. I think it's a killer song anyway, so. Yeah. It's a really good song. So yeah, we did the... The episode on the Jimmys. I was very annoying as usual. Um, <laughs> I'm stoked to hear this. I thought I, I dropped my very own music of the Matt nickname. So, oh, there you go. Oh, what it, oh, okay, I gotta wait to find out. I can't. Don't you can't show. <laughs> yeah. All right. No, I'm stoked um, to hear it. What Andrew and Chris do with that show as someone who used to work in audio and film production is really astounding, and like they kind of put us all to shame in a lot of ways. <laughs> I mean, so I I did an episode of that with the Heal Unit theme songs, and like the one thing that I thought was hilarious when I went back and listened to it is like apparently I just talked way too much for them because <laughs> like like well I'm serious like maybe like half of what I said got left on the cutting room floor. I assume it's just like they're like wow John can just like John just starts talking and just keeps talking and talking and talking and it's like okay so <laughs> but they keep it to like a tight. To like a tight like hour hour fifteen so like yeah You're like John needs to shut the fuck up right yeah, I, think I think I'm probably gonna cut to um well there's one thing that I did ask them to cut but um but the one thing that I noticed is that you know they talk a lot about the production aspect and the, the writing aspect and I'm just out there talking about my feelings no <laughs> <laughs> music I'm a nerd. It's a good contrast, though, you know? I always listen to it. I don't know what the, how, how to write music. Are you kidding? Yeah, they know all that stuff, which we have no... I, I don't really know that much about it either, even though... Oh, I'm music dumb. I, I, fa- I fashion myself as an indie, as a Japanese indie music nerd, but I don't really know that much about the production side, so... Yeah. Yeah, but you, you know. can love, like... You can love the music and know nothing about, like... Like, I know what a riff is, but when they start talking about, like, all that production stuff and whatever, I'm like... Yeah, I agree. Because I have <laughs> smile and nod, smile and nod. Mm-hmm. It, it's very weird that we're we're out here, uh, basically giving behind the music of the map before the, the music of the map episode lands. But mm. people can come back and listen. Okay. I guess they want to hear all about this behind the music <laughs> of the. Um, Michael, what's your what's your week been like? 
You know, uh, since we recorded last, I finally finished that huge Jimmy's piece that is up on Voices of Wrestling. And that was a pretty big endeavor because I kept on finding new things. And John, you were like reminding me, oh, what about this? What about that? So I was like, okay, I have to research this now. So I did that. I did that last week or two weeks ago. Then really, other than that, like I had midterms, which I'm alive. So let's just count that as a one. And just a lot of weirdly enough sports, both both traditional sports and esports going on for me. So I've been kind of enjoying the last few days in front of my TV and laptop. That's cool. Yeah. Now, when did we record last? It was like two weeks ago, three weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. It's like I know, I know, we're actually coming back to we're, people. People trying to figure out our schedule must be like, what the fuck is wrong with these people? Well, they'll There's- go like. They'll go like two months without recording, and then and then the next episode will be like two weeks later. But, basically, yeah. basically, it's around Corkins and the big shows. But yeah, other than that, uh, I have a piece that's probably going to go up on VOW either either this Friday or the or next Monday. And mm-hmm. the only reason why I'm kind of stalling about it is case has maybe done me a really huge solid. I might be getting a pretty special interview for that. And I don't want to spoil who it is, but, but it, 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 this is part of my, a part of like the general wrestling observer hall of fame stuff. Like I've, I've been doing research about this for four years now, especially in, as it pertains to Shima. So like I'm, I'm putting out a piece in relation to Shima's case, looking specifically as influence, and all I'll say is because I don't want to build this up and have the interview fall through. But if this person comes through that I might be interviewing, they are someone that definitely you could say Shima directly influenced. So, cool. and I, I could talk more about it off air. That's all I'll say. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. So I have. We're gonna be speculating about things today so there's lots of speculation this is our speculation episode (laughs) so all i've been doing the last couple weeks is um last weekend i saw blade runner it was awesome i still need to see that no nobody else saw that yeah it was really fucking good and when i heard that it bombed i was like well of course it bombed because this country's fucking stupid bought blade the new blade runner oh i haven't seen it yet yeah it was really 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 good and you know, I don't see a lot of American movies in theaters, and you know, I'm I'm two for two lately between that and Mother. Mm-hmm. And what is the other thing they both have in common? They both fucking bombed. So there you go. <laughs> America just hates good movies. That's the only conclusion I can come to. Um, I'm so stoked yeah. for that. Like I, in my past life, when I was in film school, I wrote my thesis about Philip K. Dick movies. So I need to go see this movie. So I'm glad to glad I mean, to hear. At least it's great. Oh, it's fantastic. I mean, first of all, definitely see it in IMAX because, right. like, seeing, like, the, the it was one of those movies where, like, the sound attacks you. Mm-hmm. Like, the sound is, like, just throbbing. And, like, the, the images were amazing. I mean, it was it was, ama- it was really worth seeing in IMAX. Um, but, yeah, other than that, I haven't really been doing anything. I've been pre-ordering a million things. That's my life now. But if you, did you people know that they're making a Gundam Wing Ultra Deluxe box set? With like someone tell Kotaro Suzuki. No, <laughs> oh, Kotaro loves Gundam Wing, right? He loves Gundam. His, well, favorite, loves his Gundam. favorite is Unicorn. 
Okay. Well, Kotaro needs to get, but this is, this is an American release. So I don't know. I, Japan's probably had something like that forever, but it has like it has like this newly translated art book. These like this incredibly an incredibly local, incredible looking like case for the whole thing, and that's like my favorite show, or not my favorite show, but like the first anime I ever really watched while knowing it was an anime. So the moment I saw that was coming out, I'm like, I have to do get this. So I pre-ordered it on Amazon. It's like $159, but it's worth it. <laughs> I know, it's very expensive, but... Oh, it's okay, okay John. It's, it's okay. I pre-ordered that, and I also pre-ordered the, the limited edition of your name when it comes out. Just Ooh. gonna... I still yeah. need to see that, too. Oh, my God, Mike. You really do, Mike. You really do. I, I, uh, lead, a, I lead a busy life, folks, okay? It comes, it comes out, like, November 7th, I want to say, so you can always grab it on Blu-ray now. Yeah. Like, I want you... I, Mike, I want you to buy that movie immediately when it comes out. Lock yourself in your house and watch it. That's so good. What I'll do is I will fix myself a good cup of Irish breakfast tea, lock myself in my compound, put it on my PS4 and watch it. I'll do that for you, yeah, Milo. Please, please do. You really should. I mean, that yeah. movie is so good. That, that, that still know, is the best I really want to rewatch it. <laughs> well, no, it's coming out November 7th. Well, first of all, I'm sure it's out in Japan already. I don't yes. know if they have English subtitles though. Right, that's the thing. Yeah, but but yeah, I mean the 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 standard edition is only twenty bucks. It's a limited edition that's like eighty. But what are you gonna do? I need all this limited edition crap. Oh, just uh, like if for, for things I love that much, I'm like I have to have it. Oh, I just I, have to. Have it. I I went through a definite phase of in my guest room. I have an entire shelf of all like the random limited edition and box sets that I have. That includes like. The Kurosawa 100th birthday, 25 movies sets, like all of Hitchcock, all of uh, John Ford. So, like, I understand, like, the limited edition, like, pull that, like, you just, like, throw your wallet or your <laughs> card at Amazon. It's like, yes, I want this now. Give it to me now. <laughs> Give it. So. Yeah. So they're going to they're gonna send me that stuff. So I'm going to be very happy when it all comes. Get to watch your name again and then get to watch Gun- all of Gundam Wing again probably in, like, a week. <laughs> That's what I always do when I watch Gundam Wing. But that's a good show. Any, by the way, if you're listening to this and you're a Gundam Wing hater, I'm flipping off. I'm flipping you off right now. You can't you can't see me, but that's what I'm doing. So wow. okay, let's talk about Dragon Gate. Yeah. Yeah. Dragon Gate. So it started with the we're gonna start with the Farewell Jimmy's Gate. Right? That's what it's called, Farewell Jimmy's Gate. Yeah. Fine. October October fifth, Kirk and Hall. Um, so, okay, my, my overall thoughts from the show, and, you know, I, I delayed talking about the show as long as we could, I guess, but, like, I don't really have any thoughts on this show. Like, this was maybe the most nothing Kurrican in a, quite a long time. It's, but, like, it's not like it was bad. It just was so there for me. Like, especially until the last two matches. They, it had one of the most, like, just blah undercards in a long time. It wasn't Again, it wasn't bad. But it was just there. Like, it struggled to hold my attention. And, you know, it, they've been on such a roll of late that, like, you know, in the second half of the year that a Kurrican like that. Like, if this Kurrican was in the first half of the year, it wouldn't have stood out, honestly, because there were plenty of Kurrikans that were bleh and plenty of Kurrikans that were just outright bad. But this one just was, like... It was there. Was, yeah, it was totally just there. Yeah. So... Like, I... I'm someone that I have to take notes because of when I watch the show might differ from when we're recording so I can remember everything. And for some shows, I have like two or three pages front and back in my notebook filled out for this. For this Corkin, I have exactly a front of one page and a paragraph on the next. 
<laughs> so it, it like it wasn't bad at all. Like I'm looking at my ratings that I have on it, and the only thing that I've assigned a bad rating to, if I assigned a rating to it, would have been the Maria and Ichikawa match. But that match is a comedy match. I don't rate comedy matches. So, but like everything was just there. Like what? Well, like I. <sighs> oh, go ahead, Milo. No, I had you know I had um as the the resident UT lover. Um, I was personally uh, dancing in my kitchen um, when when he won his match. I totally believe that. So, <laughs> thank you, John. That proves that you know me very well. Um, no, I, for once, I feel like uh, I'm actually the one who's enthusiastic about things. But, like... It, 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 <laughs> but, like, Milo... I really you, like that show. Uh, like... UT's return and like his promo is like one of the bigger takeaways from the show, so it makes total sense. Like, yeah, that's cool. UT, you know, UT won his match. Um, My boys won their match. uh, Big Ben. Um, Big Ben. I love that. Is that really their? Is that really their fucking name? It is now. To give them Big Ben. I call them the Big Boys. Big Ben's better. It's cute. It is cute. I just thought it was like wow. Um, you know, my real dad, Jinsei Shinzaki, was there. Um, I just, and I really, 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 really fucking love Jason Lee in Dragon Gate. Yeah. Can I just say that? Can I say that right now before we even get to his match? But yeah, okay, I said it. Milo, Milo likes any time we have a foreigner, they're not a white person. Which, you know, I get it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, let's get, okay, let's get to it. Um, so the opener, the opener of the show was a six-man tag team match: UT, Shun Skywalker, and Yo Watanabe getting the shocking victory over Gamma, Kaito Shida, and Sachioko Boy. Thirteen twenty-one, UT pinning Ashida with the Passion. Is it mm-hmm. pas- Passion? Right? Is it with a Z? No, no it's, it's with an F. It's Spanish. It's supposed to be Spanish, yeah. but I don't know how. Because I'm pronouncing it like it would be in Japanese, kind of, but I don't think that's it. It's, it, 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 it's, it's Spanish, but not spelled correctly in Spanish. No, it's uh, not. It's, <laughs> um, before we get to that, though, they, they had the most adorable little girl for the, for the um, what's it called thing? First Gone the, Kids. The, yeah, First Gone Kids. And, like, she, kids. you could tell she was very, very shy, but um, I just thought it was really, it was cool when she was, like, you know, Jugatsu Kusai. So she just turned... Just turned nine October. Um, very, very adorable. And then she said how much she loved Genki, so Shima went and got Genki's glasses for her. But then when he put them on her head, like she immediately yanked them off because you could tell she was not comfortable with these giant glasses being on her face. Like, she's basically like, as much as I love Genki, get these fucking things off. <laughs> but um, but yeah, so she was a cool gone kid. Um, after that, we had the Ada. other things I noticed right away. Well, okay, Ada's latest awkward promo. I know. <laughs> what, was he, what was he talking about? Like crowd size or something? And she he was, was talking like, about ticket sales. That boy ain't right. Like, dude, why are you talking about ticket sales in an opening promo when you sold out Corkin? Like, what's up? Yeah, I don't know. He's a, he's a weirdo. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I love UT's hair. I have to say. Um, what else did happen from this match? Uh, UT and Kaito had a very vicious like chop slap battle. Yeah, kind of early on, they were just like fucking nailing each other, and I'm like, okay, c- calm down, boys. 
Um, and then obviously UT got that had that rolling cradle on Ashita for the pin, which the look on Ashita's face was pretty good. And then Ashita like attacks him afterwards, like he's so fucking furious they got pinned by this geek. They just starts like pummeling him before the other guys like tear him off. So that was pretty good. Um, but yeah, this match is okay. I thought it went on a little yes. bit too long. But uh, thirteen and a half. I did, I did think too. it was pretty. I did think it was pretty long. Yeah. 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 But um, I appreciate that they picked up right where they left off with UT and Ashina. Because mm-hmm. it's been like how many? I mean, UT has been out for. Close to a year and a half, off and Close on. Year, yeah, and they, these two still fucking hate each other. And, and like his promo he did afterwards was great too. Like, I'm not anyone who has like any delusions that like UT is going to become like an instant player. Like, I feel really bad about how his career has been since the Millennials breakup. But like, yeah. and, and, and it was great to one see him back too. He. For someone who's that young, like getting like the injuries like you can't could really derail your career. But at least in ring, like he's still showing that he uh, who he was like in 2014, 2015. So like, I dug it. Uh, I've decided that Shun really looks like a frog in his current ring gear. <laughs> like that was really, really kind of uh, so it kind of clicked to me when I was watching that. But like it, it was kind of long. Uh, my my, my uh, monthly heel Watanabe update. Gamma like really killed him with like the heel kick that he gave them. Like there was like that one kick that like he like decked him in the head and it was brutal. Yes, they they, they fucking the hate this kid. Yeah, I right. tell you. Yeah, I mean uh, we've got another Tazawa on our hands. So <laughs> really, they really think this kid's fucking annoying. It's, yeah. It's some... So what? They don't like heel Watanabe. <laughs> oh yeah, no, they don't. But, but I mean, from what I I mean. If if he is really kind of like uh, Tozawa or Eita, um when they were little shitheads, I can't really blame them. Like, mm-hmm. you've got to get your act together. Yeah, yeah, and they they have like a history of if you're going to be troublesome for long, you're going to be gone. You're going to end up like uh, what's his name? I keep on blanking on his name. Uh, the yeah, you, I know, the big fat boy. Yeah, Yukioka. Yeah. So, oh, that, that's who you were thinking about? Yeah. Oh, God. Katsuo? Katsuo. Katsuo, yeah, I mean. Uh-huh. So. Look, he, he, t- he carved out a nice career for him as a big fat man in 666, okay? Yeah. Does he still even wrestle? I don't, I don't know, actually. It's a good question. I thought he was based in Hiroshima now. Oh, maybe. Yeah, because I thought he was doing whatever the Dolphin shows were in Hiroshima. Mm-hmm. That, might, that, that might be true. Yeah, but... <laughs> Yeah, but uh, but getting back to it, UT, good to see him back. Like he has something to do, which I, I hate when like people in the lower cards don't have anything to do. So hopefully they have more of this Ishida UT hate fest. You know? Yeah, they I, really don't I, like I, each other. I mean, do you guys remember when this was like really an ongoing thing? And right. It was like one of the best things at the time in Dragon Gate. Yeah, because this was like late 2015. So. But yeah, it's been so long, right? Yeah. But I feel like if they want to pick it up where they left off, I will not be mad at all because I really, really liked it. And I feel like if they're going to reestablish UT, he needs some, like, not like reestablish the shame is like, oh, yeah, this guy's going to win the Brave Gate next week. But, like, at least make him a player in some capacity. Right, exactly. 
And it, it helps out Ishida. I mean, Ishida's kind of just been around there since he came back from his injury. So Yeah, and especially with Yamamura's rise. Yeah, so uh, uh, something also I noticed, and this is an aside, Yamamura's been getting heavy, like, prominence on the posters lately. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know if y'all noticed that as well, but they, uh, like, I'm kind of surprised by, like, how quickly they've kind of, like, moved him, and, like, now he's, like, he's not, like, in the little boxes at the bottom, but he's at, he's in, like, a prominent up top, like, not as prominent as, like, the big five, but he's up That's there. Good. So, yeah, it's good for Sheeta though, giving him something to do, but, yeah. So, UT cut a promo after the match, he basically was, like, you know, since the split up, I haven't done much, um... And you know, no unit, no big wins. Obviously, credit to Jay for this translation. Um, some of his younger peers have already far surpassed him. He wouldn't last much longer. Jangi, if it continues the level he's been at. But he isn't giving up. If there's no place for him to belong, he would make one for himself. Expect big things from himself because he is UT. So I'm interested to see where this goes. At least it's something for him to do, I guess. I mean, hopefully he doesn't break, like, in two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> That, that like that's why I'm trying to be measured with UT, you know. Like, uh, he, the, the guy's kind of has shown a tendency to be to be kind of glass like. Yeah, but I, I I think we've talked about this before, like maybe a year ago or something, that he's kind of like Kness in that capacity. Mm-hmm. And that he's a, a he's I think UT's a strong wrestler. I think he's a a really good little luchador. But the, his problem is very much kind of the same as Kness, is that they were both made of glass. Yeah. yeah. But he's, I don't think he's as good as Kness was in his prime, but he's Sorry, still... what? I, I, I don't think he's quite as good as Kness was. Oh, I didn't say that. <laughs> I, no, I, I know. I'm just... I'm just okay. But I, I think the comparison is not um, too far-fetched. No. Yeah. No. I get where you're going to with that. Um, so match three, Big Ben, as my Wait, call them. Three. Oh, match. oh, match two, you're right. Sorry. Yosuke Santa Maria defeated Hollywood Soccer Chicago in 551 with the Palm Pass. Um, this was a match. Chicago, the only person to ever be pinned by that move. I actually yeah. wrote down exactly that, John. It was a match. That's all I have down for that. Yeah. She, lost, so, her, I mean, she lost her skirt, which was yeah. funny. I to see Maria's butt. <laughs> that ass. I mean, Ishikawa and Maria are both gimmicks where you can only get so much out of until, you know, most of their comedy matches are just a match. Yeah. Yeah. And then she did that. She she was so mad about losing her skirt, she basically just like immediately killed him. Gave him that <laughs> gave him the Falcon Arrow and did the, the the sitting on the face pen and got the pen. So that was basically it. and then she gave if you went to the top rope and did a double gun pose, which is really funny. Yeah. <laughs> just like, ah, I'm strong. I'm like, Maria, you you, you beat stalker, it's okay. <laughs> but but yeah, that was that was this was there. Yeah. Um That's now match three. <laughs> big Big Ben defeating uh DK and Eta. eleven thirty nine, Ben K pinning Dragon Kid with the Ben K bomb. This was, again, a match. Um, it was fun. Really, yeah, I didn't really like it that much. It was okay. Sometimes, was, I, re- sometimes I, 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 I hear, like, what you guys is, like, um, guys who've been, as, like, people who've been watching wrestling for way longer than I have, I hear you, like, talk about matches like this, and I'm like, am I too easily pleased? <laughs> I did, it's not even just okay. Well, it's not even just matches in general, wrestling in general. It's also that I've been watching this company for like, you know, fifteen years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's just like, 
It's you know, it was. I mean, like I other people talked about this. Like Dragon Gate matches are always good. You know, it's not like we're turning on fucking two hundred five live here and getting put to sleep. Mm-hmm. But but it was uh you know for by Dragon Gate standards, this was this was a match. I thought it was it was fine. I liked it. A lot. I I thought it was fun. Like I I I I didn't think it was amazing, but like I really dig the chemistry that Big R and, and and Dragon Kid have together. So that makes me kind of excited for Gate Destiny because at least there'll be some chemistry in that match. And I thought it told a really good story about the bigger guys versus the smaller ones. I thought it was fun. Like I didn't think it, it was not blow away, but it, it was a fun match. And I now I really love the name Big Ben, and I'm taking that that might like up my rating of that match a little bit just because that name so yeah it was fun i i enjoyed it yeah no i, I really liked it i i always love a big versus small yeah it's one of my the, the, it was one of those things that just bring me joy in wrestling i always love watching you know big guys bidding the shit out of smaller guys and taking that side advantage to its logical extreme but also small guys using that to their advantage and escaping and flying and flipping and everything so, I don't know. I really liked it. I think that they have good chemistry, and I really love that match. Sorry. Hey, it's fine. It was fun. I don't know. I, <laughs> I feel. No, I feel like a very like just. I think people probably think that I'm like super difficult when it comes to wrestling, but I'm really not. Like when well, people, to, okay, people think you're super difficult when it comes to white to people, be, white people in Japanese wrestling, and. And Shima. And Shima, yeah. That's, that's <laughs> no, really... Really diff- no, no, I will admit that I'm pretty difficult when it comes to booking, but when it comes to, like, actual matches, I'm really easily entertained. Yeah. Uh, you want to about- about- talk about Will Ospreay? <laughs> <laughs> no! <laughs> you know when I told you that the Marufuji eddie Edwards match was the second time yeah. I immediately walked out of a building after a match? Osprey yeah. was involved in the first time. Yeah, I'm not surprised. Hmm. So no, I do not want to talk. About that. <laughs> Sorry, excuse for a person. Um, but yeah, this was. I mean, when I say this was fine, I'm not saying it was bad. It just, mm. it's just I'm not going to remember this match like a day. Yeah, from that's now. yeah, Hopefully. that's the thing that you you that you feel like that, and I feel like I really liked it. Okay, it's fine. <laughs> um, but yeah, so after the match, the the post match is really weird because you know Ben K pins Dragon Kid. Shimizu is like, you know, hey, we should get a Twin Gate shot. Dragon Kid, like, ignores the challenge and instead, like, badmouths Ben K. Ata badmouths Dragon Kid for badmouthing Ben K after he got pinned by him. And, like, it was just really, really awkward and weird. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, I don't know what to make of that. It was, it was whatever, but it was really weird. And, and then, like, Ada, like, got into it, too. Like, it was just. The, I, like, not. I, I know sometimes I'm a little tough on Ada. But, like, I don't know, like, if he ate something weird that day or, like, he woke up on the wrong side of the bed. But he just, three for three that night on the microphone was just weird. Like, But it, that's been a, like, that's been a, something that's, that uh, Jay has highlighted for, that I didn't see before and that Jay has been highlighting a lot lately is that Ata is just completely fumbling on the mic. And it's weird because he definitely has, he's definitely developed the in the ring charisma, like so much better, like as a babyface than where he was this time two years ago and then last year. So it's just kind of weird, you know? Yeah, I, I just don't think he'll ever be very good on the mic, but let's just. I mean, that happens. Not, not, yeah, not every. I mean, they, and I mean, 
that shouldn't mean he can't get pushed either because right. they, they pushed B.B. Hulk for Just, how fucking yeah. long and B.B. Hulk can't cut a promo to save his life. Uh, yeah, uh, literally, other than I fucking hate Shingo Takagi, he's really good at yeah, that. He's really good at saying that. But. Yeah, I was, I was literally about to bring up that I couldn't remember, but I knew one of you had said, like, you don't have to be good on the mind to be pushed in Dragon Gate. And so that was you, John. Yeah. Because BB, I mean, it worked for BB Hulk. So, mm-hmm. although they ne- they never let him forget it either, which is funny to me. Yeah, it's like they, they like. Mo- I remember when when BB Hulk like laid out Mochizuki right after, uh, oh god, right after like it was like after King, not after King of Gate, but like after Mochizuki was like wondering who his next challenger was going to be for Kobe World, and Hulk had just turned heel. He like came out and laid him out, and then and Mochizuki was like. You still can't cut a promo, though. <laughs> it's like, you're, you should be, like, trying to get over how you just got killed, but instead you're just like, still can't talk, buddy. Still the old talk. guys do that a lot, though. I know. They're all they all they're all shooters. Yeah. It's true. Um, so match four. Yamato, BB Hulk, and KZ of Tribe Vanguard defeating Dory and Yoshido of Maximum and Jason Lee in 1658. Yamato pinning Lee with the Galleria. This was the first match in the show that I thought was actually pretty good. Yeah, I, uh, <laughs> I enjoyed this one quite a bit. Um, I thought you were going to say, oh, yeah, this was just a match again. I was like, no. No, no, I had, I, okay, first of all, there's, there's what, like, half the participants, half the participants in this match, I'm already severely biased towards liking. So, um. So, Doi, BB Hulk, right? No, I'm kidding. No, not, not BB Hulk. <laughs> Doi, Yoshino, and KZ. I mean, I like Yamato, and not, okay, but not, he's not one of my favorites when he's a baby face, only when he's a heel. No, I, I love all the people in this match, so I like. Yeah. Yeah, this, um, is, but this is my favorite this match really, of the show, to be honest. I would, agree, I, I would agree with that. This is my favorite match of the show, too. I, I went like three and three quarters, I think. It was this good. is not the first time that Lee is teaming with Doi Yoshi, right? No. No, they have. No, it, and it shows. It shows. Yeah. I, I love the chemistry that they have with this. Like, I've. I've come out of like this uh, more so than anyone recently. Maybe, maybe going back to how instantly Uha clicked in Dragon Gate. I don't think like uh, a guy. I, I don't even really want to call Jason Lee Gaijin, but he is a Gaijin. But uh, he he fits in I mean, Dragon Jason Gate. Jason Lee technically why, is. Wait, yeah, why, would, why would he be a Gaijin? Yeah, I, I, Hong Kong. I, I I blank there, but like I blank there for a second. But it, I've had a, no no one said he was a Hakujin. Oh, yeah. guys! Wait, no, yeah. no, no. To quote that hilarious article about Yakuza playing the game Yakuza, say Gaikokujin, it's more polite. Gaikokujin, yes. yes. Well, but, but, but no, in Japanese wrestling, in Japanese wrestling, um, okay, in Japanese wrestling, like terminology, it's Gaijin. Yeah. The yeah, one, no, no, I know, I know, I just, I just saw that article again. Like, oh, I see. Piss okay. myself laughing at it every single time. So, so I totally like I totally forgot Jason Lee was in the Cruiserweight Classic until someone reminded me. Me too. Like, he, lost, he lost in the first round of Rich Swan. Apparently, there's another Dragon Gate connection. Mm-hmm. But all what he was doing before that was wrestling a lot in Zero One for people yes. who aren't aware of who this is. So he, I think he's even a former uh, Z- Zero One Junior Light Junior Champion. Absolutely. I think so. Yeah. yeah. But he's yeah, been he beat, awesome. He, oh, there, oh my God. Okay, another Dragon Gate connection. He beat Takuya Sugawara for that title. <laughs> oh, damn! One punk show on December twenty eighth, twenty fourteen. There you go. Um, he he held the zero one international junior heavyweight title slash world junior heavyweight title. Somehow, Did you lose that to like Minoru Fujita or something. Minoru Raw Minoru Minoru Tanaka. 
Naruto 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 I March, was <laughs> March first, twenty fifteen. Um, yeah, Minoru Fujita only does death matches now. So I mean, he, I'm going to see him today, actually. Yeah, I mean, what's he doing? Dropping himself on cement? Okay, he's in the same match as like Masashi Takeda, Kenji Fukimoto, um, and other, but other people. But every time I see Takeda and Fukimoto in the same match, I know that somebody's going to die for real. Yeah. So, <laughs> Have you seen any, like, really, really... Well, this is your first Big Japan show since you got there? Yeah, first live Big Japan, yeah. Okay. Because I saw some really gory shit at Death Mania. Like, that main event was just, like... I, I have photos on my I, on my phone that if, if, so, if I ever get arrested, people yeah, would be like... Yeah, the main event was Takahashi versus Takeda, right? Yeah. So, like, I have yeah. photos on my phone that if people ever find, like, arrest me and look through it, they're like, why'd you take these photos of these, these gruesome men being Yeah, like, no, that was... that. Ma- I mean, I love both of these guys, and that match was horrifying. They're gonna be like, you're a murderer to have these yeah. photos on your phone. I'm like, oh, no, I'm just... I just went to a Big Japan show, actually. I, I showed them to a, a non-wrestling fan friend of mine, like... Um, pretty soon after I got back in Japan, and he's basically like, "What the fuck is wrong with you?" <laughs> <laughs> These are on your phone. I'm like, "Look, I, death matches aren't my thing, but that match is fucking amazing." Yeah, like, I, I mean, I love these guys. Takahashi's like my uh, my my death match my death match fave. So, but but yeah, so they, I'm pretty sure my friend thinks that like I'm a psycho now. But what are you gonna do? These okay. are sacrifices to make for pro wrestling. Yeah. But anyway, back to Jason Lee. He's yes. he's he's very good. He fits in well. Um, you know, maybe he's 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 got that like like half step slower than um, than the Dragon Gate guys, but everybody has that at first. Mm-hmm. So I still think he I think he'll catch up. Um, like the match itself, very good. Um, mm-hmm. It was cool to see Yamato get get back on the winning side. It was very weird seeing him out the battle. I will say, but did he, he was champion. He was champion for so fucking long that seeing him come out without that belt. Was like wow, this is really weird. He came out without his coat too. Yeah, but she looks naked without it. I, I yeah. actually, I actually wanted to ask y'all. I felt like this was the most com- comfortable Yamato has felt like in a long time. Like, did you all feel that as well? Like, think, he didn't yeah. feel like he had this giant weight on his fucking shoulders. That's exactly <laughs> what I was gonna say. He, I felt like he he didn't feel the pressure and responsibility. Right. Yeah. But like, it's like wow, well, back to just being a Which dude. is not to say that Yamato is not somebody you can trust with that kind of thing because I mean I, he's been champion uh, four times no and also he's been a champion of other things very successfully mm-hmm. like when he had the twin gate that was the most when he had the twin gate with Doi that was arguably like the most comfortable I've ever seen him and, and, um, and even other dream gate reigns like the Matt yeah. Blanky ones he felt completely comfortable but like this one like afterwards like you could you this really one, could... I think he was extremely relieved that it that it was over because he I think he knew that all the stuff that happened at the same time kind of stunted him Absolutely. yeah but I love this match like mm. Jason Lee has such good chemistry with everyone and him and KZ like I've noticed they've paired them off a couple times mm-hmm. in matches and I've really enjoyed that he got a kick out of a gal Galera. Uh, I I feel like that that's pretty pretty good show of how much faith they have in him. Yeah, and he has great chemistry with Doyoshi as a team. Yeah, but yeah, this match was well, a lot. To of- be fair, Doyoshi have great chemistry with almost anybody because <laughs> they're that fucking is, fantastic. It's, uh, the the power of husbands. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know anyone can become a, a trio with them if you know what I mean. Uh, took a bow bow. <laughs> Um, no, the one the one thing that got me it's like I actually I don't know why my, but my brain was actually confused about this like 
two or three times throughout the match is Jason Lee's pants were like making me feel like I was watching a Mad Blanky BB Hulk match. <laughs> I could see that, you know? Am I the only one who got that impression? It, it felt like yellow like, conda to me. When the camera was like um when the camera was like focusing at a low angle on the mat and all you could see were like people's pants. I saw Jason Lee's pants and I was like, wait, what the fuck? Like for a split second, I don't know why, but that's the only criticism I have. I I get more of like a if Conda was a mad blanky vibe of the from those. But I get where you're coming from, you know? Yeah, oh, I can kind of see that. It's kind of the same shape, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, match five. We're ready to move on to the match five. Yes. The Shiba and Don Fuji 20th anniversary special match. Uh, the Great Sasuke, Jinsei Shinzaki, and Takamichinoku defeated Shima, Don Fuji, and Masaki Mochizuki. Jinsei submitting Don Fuji with the Gokula Kugatame. Kogula Kugatame, right? Is that it? Sure. Gokula Kogula Kugatame. Sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm I Southern. I, I know I can't pronounce these right, so <laughs> your attempt's Gokula, a lot better than mine would be. Gokula Okay. Okay, John. I'm Look, okay, practice makes perfect. <laughs> yes, I know. <laughs> uh, get, before we get into this, can I ask a question? Can someone explain yeah. to me, as someone who, like, my wrestling is pretty focused on what I watch nowadays, and sadly, Michinoku Pro, not Michinoku Pro, sorry, uh, Kai, actually, no, Michinoku Pro is not one of the things. What's Sasuke's oh, deal? I have He's no fucking idea. He's a yeah, cult really? leader? Okay. He's essentially a cult leader, yeah. Okay. I'll just say I have no fucking idea either. Don't look at me. Because I'm used to like him being like, I remember like he went through like his phase where he idolized the movie The Wrestler, and that was like the last time I've seen him. So I, that was like... So wait, is he a heel or a face as a cult leader? Who knows? <laughs> okay. I think... Okay. I think he's a heel. Is he... But a- honestly... Okay, so there are two factors: is that Michinoku Pro doesn't make tape often, right? And I don't. No one, no one covers it. I watch it, in it very. I watch it very intermittently. So no, no one covers it in English either. So. What I can tell you is that he's a cult leader. Um, mm-hmm. I think the Brahmins are or used to be like his second in command or something, or like his uh, his servants or whatever. But he's always with them. He oh. or he was always with them. I'm not sure about the status of that. Okay, that makes total sense. <laughs> yeah, so they're probably heels then. I think like uh, Ueki is a cult member from Big Japan. Um, Dash Chisako, I think uh, as well. Um, I, I don't know. He's got like a few people under like his uh, his influence or something. But yeah, basically, he's a cult leader. Okay. Very special. He, he he he's a special man though, so we shouldn't be like, surprised. He, 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 like he, bathed, really <laughs> he basically bathed the guy and then like gave him gave him two kisses and it was like yeah 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 he, he baptized him. It, it, it looked like it wasn't like I was gonna say didn't it seem very Catholic. Yeah, he blessed like, him. What? Yeah, I was like Jesus. I was like we're we're out here just parodying Catholicism now. Just, I know the, I know cool. that his cult I know that his like cult or religion or whatever is called Munotayo. So something of the sun or whatever, I think, right? I mean, look, parodying, I will say parodying, like, Catholicism in Japan is not as risky as parodying it in America. Oh, absolutely. Something like 2% of of Japanese people are Christian at all, so it's not like South Korea. They didn't, the, um, 
the Christian uh, missionaries never really caught on there. Right. So, um, oh, that's you. That's you pounding furiously on your keyboard. Yes, I'm trying to, like, try to guess what it means. What the the name of his uh. His well, if I if you show me the kanji, I can, I, I have a good shot to tell you. I'm I'm attempting it, but yeah. I think but. it has something to do with the something to do with the sun. Fair okay. enough. Yeah, I I don't know the kanji. Well, what's for, the what's the reading for the sun part? Taiyo. Taiyo. Like, yeah, moon. It's called moon no taiyo. I know I know this this much, but that's all I know. So it's something of sun. Yeah. Something of the sun. Yeah, basically. No ta- oh, moon. Eh? Moon. Eh? No, just moo. Just moo. I don't know. Just moo. Okay. M- M-U. Okay, we, we, we can talk about this later. Yeah, that, that was a complete aside, but... Um, yeah. I want to know what this means! He's a, he's a cult leader, John, just don't... Yeah. Mune Tayo. No Tayo. But this match. No Tayo. Yeah. I mean, it was a total nostalgia fest, right? Yeah, oh, totally. And for someone... I think we broke John. I think they are broken but but yeah i really like as like a nostalgia whore i loved like the whole like crazy mac max intro with like mochi going along with it and like it was just like it was a fun match like it was like given like not to be mean but given like the shape of uh, sasuke i didn't expect it to be anything special like i i, I was really i love seeing jinzei shishaki whenever he shows up and whenever as much as i like suzuki gun as much i taka doesn't do anything for me nowadays but it was fun okay, so so i was so, so I, I muted myself i was like saying it into multiple like apps i have but like <laughs> one answer it gave me because i guess i thought i was saying mune tai was like big breaths. <laughs> oh, no, I, I told you what it is. <laughs> is my pronunciation really that bad? Mune, I know, no, 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 but like the, the app thought I was saying Mune Tai. Uh. So, like, I was, it was like, <laughs> it thought I was saying big boobs, basically. But, yeah. What was I gonna, what was I gonna, oh, so Takamichi Doku, by the way, he came out to that version of Yamato Suite. Usually it's, psh, psh, psh. Taka is coming, motherfucker. But this time he used the Fursy that's just like, psh, 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 fuck you! And, yeah, <laughs> which every time I'm he uses that version. I'm expressing my feelings about Shiva. Every time he comes out to that version, I die fucking laughing because I'm never expecting it. I'm expecting Taka is coming, and so I just hear, psh, fuck you! So I, I, I almost died laughing when, when, that, when that happened. I couldn't, I couldn't let us get too deep in this match without talking about the fuck you. <laughs> but yeah, it was a fun nostalgia match. Like, really, like for what it was. It was short. It was short, and like we got. Thank God. We got all the callbacks, and we got in, we got out. Uh, Sasuke didn't kill oh, she himself. Went to, they, did, they did the bell pose. Anybody talk about that before the match? Yes, I did. Okay, sorry. I, I, was, I was too busy yelling about Mune. Yeah, uh, I was trying to stop <laughs> our tangent there by talking about it, but to no avail. But, uh,. Yeah, like, it was for, like, a nostalgia, like I was saying, like, for, like, someone who loves, like, nostalgia in the Torimon era, and especially yeah. someone who loves Crazy Max, like, uh, like, that, I, it was fun, you know? Like, it, it's their 20th anniversary, so, like, they had to do something special for it, and I also loved how awkward the crazy fucking pose was at the end, where he tried to get the crowd to do it, and he was like, this is really embarrassing. I don't, it was cool back then, but not cool now. 
Yeah, Seymour's like, I'm fucking old. <laughs> I can't do this anymore. But yeah, it was funny. The um, first time that Shima's ever been like consciously aware of his mortality. And Sa- like, I-, I thought Sasuke bringing up that they were in Sasuke Gumi with him was funny. Yes. Um, the Taka... Taka basically, they talked about a lot about the burning of the passport when Shima would like, when Shima like, would, so at the time Taka was in WWF, so when he came back over to Japan, everybody, Shima stole his passport and burned it. And Shima mentioned I wasn't expecting it to burn that fast, <laughs> which I thought was really funny. Um, what else What else happened in the post? There's a lot in the pre Oh, Don Fuji was like, I used to get submitted by this fucking move. Every, every time. Every time. It was him, him or Mochizuki would face Shinzaki in the semi-may, and the result was always the same, them getting submitted by that move. So Don Fuji's like, this is my 20th anniversary. For my 25th anniversary, I won't get submitted by that move, and I'm challenging you to a singles match. I love that man. I love that man so much. So 2022, everybody, look out for it. Yeah. Um, Shinzaki was great during this match, though. Out of I fucking love Jinsei Shinzaki. Out of the three uh, older guys, the older Michinoku Pro guys, he was easily like the one that age hasn't hurt the most. Everyone would. Everyone in. I mean, everyone in this match is fucking ancient by pro wrestling standards. Yeah. Like. I, I was kind of bummed that they didn't bring out. Oh, sorry. No, I think Shinzaki was actually like the elder of this match. Yeah, that that, that wouldn't surprise me. I mean, and he doesn't wrestle that much anymore, anyways. So people don't know, by the way, he he was he was a kushi in WWF. Yeah. So um, he was Jer- Jerry Lawler's evil Japanese friend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but like, um, I was a little disappointed that like they brought Sasuke Gumi, but they didn't bring out the table for Sasuke. You know. <laughs> Like, like one of the crazy things about Sasuke Gumi was that Crazy Max basically filled in for Kayantai DX after Kayantai DX left to go to WWF at the time. And mm. Sasuke was kind of like a mob boss is the best way to describe it. Like, <laughs> like it, it like the, from my understanding, like he would always like come out like smoking cigars and he had like this little miniature car table that they would like set up for him that he would like sit out there and smoke at. And when I was referencing Sasuke Gumi, I kind of wish that like somehow somewhere out of nowhere, uh, Sua showed up with the uh, table. Like I was a little bit hoping that by knew it was not going to happen. I don't think, yeah, I don't think Sua was going to show up. But no, no. Um, so the, yeah, that was that match. It was fun. It was fun. And then yeah. we get the, the main event, which was the Jimmy's final goodbye. Berserk, Shingo Takagi, Takashi Yoshida, T-Hawk, El Lindemann, Punch Tobinaga, and Brother Yashi defeating Jimmy Susubu, Jimmy Kagatora, Jimmy Kanda, Genki Horiguchi, H-A-G-M, Ryu Jimmy Saito, and Jimmy Kanas, J-K-S. I wanted to read their full names one last time. Uh, 23-17, T-Hawk putting Susumu with the night ride. There was a betrayal towards the end, which we'll talk about. But um, so the, the the match basically, the theme of the match was like Shingo trying to convince Susumu to join Berserk. Mm-hmm. Um, at one point, Shingo like f- forced the Berserk shirt on Susumu, and then Susumu ended up taking it. Like Susumu always was like he sort of act like um, you know, he he was considering it, but then he ripped he took the shirt off. Kagatori quickly handed him a Jimmy shirt. Um, then. There was a long stretch where they beat Anconda forever, mm. which I have to say, when you're already spoiled and you know what's going to happen, watching them beat on the guy that's going to turn anyway for like seven minutes really isn't that interesting. <laughs> but I mean, it probably wasn't that long, but it, it felt fucking forever. Yeah, it did. Um, 
So we that was a little bit boring. Um, and then we had Susumu with like a really gross headbutt on Linda May on the top rope. Yeah, and, like shushed that, everybody. Like, what the fuck is up with that? Oh wow, Milo, calm down. <laughs> but uh, then we had the final stretch. Um, the in, during the final stretch, basically, they Kanda was holding was holding um, Shingo. No, was no, Kanda was holding Shindo, Shingo for Susumu. Susumu ran in to hit the uh, hit the Jumbo Dokachi, but Shingo ducked out of the way, and Susumu wiped out Kanda, which he had, he had apparently done that in Kobe a couple weeks ago, um, or a week or so. Uh, last Kobe show, he had done that. And Shingo acted like this was planned, and like, yeah, that's right, you're in Berserk now. And they like they held, they handed him the red box, and they held Kanda for Susumu to hit him with it. And Susumu did tease it for a long time, but then instead he hit, he hit Linda Man and uh, punch with the red box instead. They were holding Kanda. But then the dastardly, dastardly Kanda turns out to be the real betrayer all along because he grabs the red box and nails Susumu after Susumu had uh, hit the Jumbo Nokachi on Shingo and it pinned him. So, oh, oh God, the coach just hit a home run. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, Con- so Kanda like nailed him with the nailed him with the red box and he was the betrayer. And then let T Hawk hit Susumu with the um, with the night ride and get and the berserk gets the pen. So yeah, I thought this match was okay. Um, the like I said, the, the beating on Kanda stretch forever just went too fucking long. Maybe if I hadn't been spoiled and knew that Kanda was going to turn anyway, it wouldn't have felt as pointless. But since I did know that, it felt pretty pointless. Um, but, but yeah, other than that, it was it was fine. It really, again, another match like this is uh, you know a six on six Dragon Gate main event. It's about what I expect for that. It wasn't like it wasn't the greatest. It wasn't bad. It was just it was a, a normal Dragon Gate multi man main event. Um, can we do a um, a vocal show of hands? Who cried when the the Jimmy's theme hit at the beginning? I didn't cry, but I, I was pretty emotional. I was like, I, I, uh, I why is this happening? Like when, when, because it was the, re, the remakes. I mean, it was like a remakes version where they're all saying, like, thank you at the beginning, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that really got me. Like, that fucking got me. Yeah, they were like, arigato, and they all came out on stage. I thought Kanda, if you were paying really close attention, did hint at the start that he might be turning because he smiled a little bit too much. And then, like, when they did the pose, he, he he was, like, the first one to break away from the pose, which kind of played into his hit thing at the end where he was like, I was just, I was ready for the Jimmys to be over. Thank God it's finally over. But, um, but yeah, so. But, yeah, the entrance is really cool. It's cool to see Brother Yashi, too. He hasn't been around in a while. Yeah, like, he, that was his first, like, real appearance in a while. Like, I thought he was kind of done, but I guess, like, he's just been busy promoting reggae festivals or <laughs> and fighting Kanoka lately. Yeah. So, uh, I did dig that Susumu wore the original Jimmy's tracksuit out for that. Yeah, that, that was cool. Uh, but there's one thing that I have to say, have to say, I called it. <laughs> I mean, it was either him or Kainatora, right? I'm I'm a little okay. Let's we'll talk about Kanda. But does anybody else have any more thoughts on the match before we get into Kanda? It it, it was like nicing all the callbacks, you know. Like it yeah. was a good farewell for them, you know. It was fitting. I appreciate that it's T Hawk again and not Shingo. Yeah, like they've done a they've done a really good job building back up T Hawk since Kobe World. Yeah. 
Carlos doesn't care that much, but I, I think he's been better. I, I love Cerebrus as a finisher, too. Like... Like he he's been perfectly fine now. Like the I mean yeah. the the crowd's the crowd. Like T Hawk's always going to have that issue, but yeah. but like from a booking standpoint, they've they've done a good job rehabilitating him. I mean, I, you guys know that I'm T Hawk lover sixty nine, so I don't. <laughs> I will always be happy about anything positive that they do with him. Yeah, but like Milo, as someone like me who I've been critical of T Hawk, like I have That's to say, cool. like. They've done a good job, like, making him feel important after how poorly things went with for him in July. Like, like he's, he, he, like, I, I guess, like, he's never going to be the, like, the great charismatic force. But, I mean, he's, he's really picked it up. And I'm, I've been impressed by him because sometimes when you get, like, that opportunity twice and you fail, like, you kind of get stuck in a rut. And he's showing he doesn't have that rut. So Conda and how I was right in calling Conda was to be the one being turned. It's so that fucking box, man. It's been with him every turn, mm-hmm. literally. So so let's give some hit for people who don't know about Conda. Um, he originally started out as a heel with Susumu. The that original, the like, original, the original run. Susumu Mochizuki, Susumu Mochizuki and Yasushi Conda. They were like a heel tag team. Then they were M2K with Masaki Mochizuki, obviously. Two M's there, Mochizuki, Mochizuki, and Kanda. Um, then Kanda had to retire for a long time. Um, he you know, he had a, a severe neck injury. First he was like an evil ref for a while. And then he um, he just kind of became like a, a normal ref mm-hmm. for a long time. And then even general manager. Um, but then, then he, he, there was the... Sorry? Uh, the, I was, I was going to bring up... Uh, um, Darkness Dragon versus Dragon Kid. Yep. Yeah, he was a big, big part in that match where he betrayed him. He basically betrayed M2K. Yeah, and like helped Dragon Kid retain his his mask, and that was kind of his, his face turn. And then after that, you know, he announced he actually had to retire completely. And Madam Tokyo decided to seal the M2K name right when Kanda had to retire, so which led to the formation of Do Fixer. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the because at that point, Madam Tokyo had become the leader of M2K, Mochizuki, and turn face. Yep. Um, so then, after that, Kanda's, you know, inactive for quite a few years, about three years. Closer and to then, four. Oh, yeah, it's because, like, 06, right? When, yeah, when, it was when, 06. When Don Fuji starts attacking him, though, like, towards the end of 05, I think. Mm-hmm. Think that from the teaser start. Yeah. So, basically, Don Fuji, at this point, is a heel and blood generation, and he's, like, attacking Kanda constantly, attacking other referees, attacking the young boys. And, you know, Kanda finally fucking gets fed up and, like, beats the shit out of him. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we have, a, we have a big fight. And then, you know, another sh- there's another show where Kanda is – Kanda's the ref, right? I'm trying to remember how this w- went down exactly. Kanda was the ref for a match, and Don Fuji, I guess, took him out. And Kanda leaves, and then he comes back out in his old M2K gear. And the crowd, like, went as crazy for this as you'll ever hear a Dragon Gate crowd, gro- Dragon Gate crowd, crowd go. Because, you know, he's basically the Dragon Gate Shawn Michaels. And he was retired for so many years and people never thought he'd return from this neck injury. And, you know, the fact that he actually did return was a big deal. So, sorry. And he was like the first, like, he was like the first departure when he did. Like, like, that's the thing. Like, he was there basically up until when he, was it, it was a spine that that he broke. But like, yeah, it was a spinal injury. Like, like. 
I, we, I just to go back a little bit, like his character that he portrayed as when in M2K, like he really was like that. They, they made a big deal of that. He was the rudest of the rude. Like he was like Mochizuki and Susumu, like they were bad guys, but Kondo was like this grimy punk. And literally that's what his gimmick was, was that he was that like M2K. I cannot pronounce the word. It's like Giku Jukudo, I think. And I probably Giku Jukudo. Yeah, but so it's not the same character Yamato. He gave it originally. Yamato. Originally, yeah. Yamato was second generation Giku yeah. Jukudo. It, it, it wasn't just about being a punk too. It was about overthrowing the old people. Yeah, basically. like that's a, that means. So. Yeah, but like he was like the original bad guy. Like the box attacks started with Konda. Because he yeah. was the first one to have a box. So, like, the fact that, like, as Milo was referring to, like, the master of the box attacks, like, he, if he's going to turn, he has to have a box. That's Kanda's weapon. Yeah. So, but, like, his retirement ceremony is, like, one of the most emotional moments in Dragon Gate because he's out there in a full neck brace and he can't do a whole lot because his spine literally moved two centimeters. Like, he was almost paralyzed, but, like, it was, like, such a he big moment. Dead. Yeah. Yeah. And... Then like the whole Don Fuji thing. Sorry, I I, I just wanted to talk about it for a sec. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, so the Don Fuji thing happened, and then you know he came back as a babyface for about a year. Not really a full time guy, but you know he gradually became more and more full time, and then he was part of that whole uh, Renaissance thing that started with Magnum Tokyo before Magnum left, and that became like it was like Mochizuki Don Fuji after Fuji turned face again. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Kanda, and I think there's somebody else too. Well, Tenru like was, Kness, but Tenru oh, was involved yeah. when it was with Magu. Yeah, Tenru was involved originally. Um, but he was involved a little bit after Magnum left, but not not a ton. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so they, that went on for a while. He won the Brave Gate. He lost it back pretty quick, though. And that he still had not joined an actual unit by the time he got to, um, you know, like mid to late 2007, which is. Wait, is this 2000? Yeah, 2007, right? I got that timeline right? I th- I think so. Don't... Yeah, because uh, he was... Because he was at this point... Because, okay, early 2007, Genki turns here and joins Muscle Hollow. That was the first big turn of the year. Yeah. And then later and then later in the year, and is there's... um So, so Muscle Hollow's had their own referee. They had a referee named um, Kinta, who turned out to be a speed freak and got axed eventually but yes. anyway he was, a, he was still still my favorite heel ref though. i thought he was awesome in the role yeah um so he was a heel ref at the time and he he and gamma were having problems and they and he basically he kicked out gamma from the unit like they had a match where the loser would have to leave muscle outlaws and surprisingly the whole unit turned on on gamma so gamma had to leave so he was gone for like a month from dragon gate completely and then he returned, um, did one of the all-time great fake-outs where he looked like he was returning to save uh, Shima and, and Typhoon from Muscle Outlaws, and which made sense because Muscle Outlaws had, got, had kicked him out and got rid of him. But then he turns and just nails Shima and starts a giant beat down on Typhoon. Um, and then they all turn, and they all slowly look at Kinta, and then they all turn on Kinta and beat the shit out of him too. Mm-hmm. But So Kinta then and the other two refs, want to match with Muscle Outlaws, and it's like, okay, well, who the fuck's going to ref this then? But then Kanda's like, hey, I'll ref it. You know, I'm a, I was a ref. So Kanda agrees to ref this match, and we have the three-on-three match, and Kanda makes a shocking heel turn. He nails um, Kinta with the blue box and lets um, lets the Muscle Outlaws get the pen. So Kanda joins Muscle Outlaws, makes his first heel turn since his return, and his first real unit that he joins since, re- since his return. 
And that started a run for him of being in, a he- in the heel unit for five straight years almost. Mm-hmm. He was in Muscle Outlaws. He went from Muscle Outlaws. He was one of the only guys to do this. He went from Muscle Outlaws to Real Hazard. Real Hazard the following year in 2008. Real Hazard to um, Deep Drunkers in 2010. Oh, yeah, baby. Deep Drunkers to... Oh, yeah. Team Junkers to Team Doi in late 2010. Team Doi to Blood Warriors in early 2011. And then Blood Warriors is where his lineage ends, where he finally, uh, in mid-2012, when Blood Warriors like officially becomes Mad Blanky, they basically kicked all the old people out. And that was where the Jimmies, you know, stepped in. And as they were forming, basically, they decided to include... Well, first, actually, Genki and Ryu. It was yeah. Genki and Ryu. Uh, just Genki and Ryu decided to take Khan as their partner. And, you know, Susumu and Kagatora didn't trust him. And they're like, why would you want a team with someone as awful as this? Um, you know, and, and again, he had been a heel for five straight years. So, you know, understandable. But, yeah, so, like, he, he finally turned face at that point, And then they all came together to form the Jimmies. And, and um, Susumu finally was like, well, I trust you, Kanda. And five and a half years later, it finally bites him in the ass. Susumu's fears were very warranted, as it turned out, because Kanda did finally turn on them. Um, but yeah, so I, I just I didn't think Condor was turning heel here because I thought like you know he had such a long run as a heel that I just didn't see it him going back to that. But I guess I should have seen that. And they, from their perspective, it's like while well, we gave him a long run as a babyface, it's time for him to get back to what he does best and being the rudest of the rude. So he's going to go back to being the rudo, and he's going to um, you know be the veteran heel for for Berserk. I'm I'm assuming he'll take a lot of pins too, probably, but that's fine. Um, you know, I mean, for one, so he's not the lowest ranked guy in the heel unit, though, because fucking Punch Tomonaga is still there. Yeah. yeah. So. I. No one is going to believe me now, now that I say this, um, unless I unhearth the, the 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 audio of me talking about this when it happened uh, a, a while ago. But I once, because I know I talked about this on on the podcast already. But I once had a dream um, that Konda uh, actually turned heel, like. A year and a half ago, maybe, and um, and uh, usurped Shingo's place as number one of Berserk. <laughs> it's I have, happening. I have to go back and find where I talked about this before because people are going to think that I'm like just making shit up to whatever. But but yeah, uh, I dreamt I dreamt about that once, and I it's not going to happen. But God, I wish it would. I know you really like Hyokanda, huh? <laughs> I mean, he's um he's gonna be very nasty and very, very mm. grimy and very uh, oh. I know, I know Milo likes it, but oh, yeah. he's gonna oh, be when he was, oh when he just hit Susumu with the box and his hair was like out of the ponytail and he was like sticking his tongue out. I was like, oh my, did <laughs> it? Oh. Milo making some very interesting noises. Um, I'm, in, I'm in love with him. <laughs> Mr. Burry, a body is back. Mr. Oh, Burry, yeah. a body. Um, I mean, I'm 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 here for it. So he, cool. The only thing I will say about Hiokanda is the only time I really disliked him was Deep Drunkers. But you I hate, hated. I hated. Deep I hated Deep Drunkers, and I thought his team with Arakin the previous year was not very good either in Real Hazard. But other than that, though, he was always good as a heel. 
I his Blood Warriors run was like he had a he had a great like renaissance in Blood Warriors basically when he won when he like beat Mochizuki in the semifinals of King of Gate right and had a really really awesome Dream Gate title challenge against him so that was probably the the highlight of his later heel years. Uh, he was really good at Real Hazard too and, and Muscle Outlaws, but just that team with Arakan and Deep, Deep Drunkers that was the dark ages for him. But he John, snapped out of it. Watch he was what you're. Though, like that was the hottest he's ever been. Okay, John, watch what you're like, saying about. John was slimy. It was the best. Look, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna watch what I'm saying when I'm saying the truth. Sorry. All right, <laughs> you, will, you will not, you will not silence me. <laughs> Be... I'm not saying that Deep Drunkers was good. It fucking sucked. I... But Con super hot. Guys, you a... have to be nice about arcing around me. <laughs> <laughs> Leave, I mean, I, leave Arakan alone. Leave he, him. He, he, he is like what? What is he champion of? Asuka Pro or some shit? So maybe let yeah, like Asuka Project Tag Team Champions. Asuka Project. Oh, he's uh, heat up Tag Team Champions. Yeah, he's heat up Tag Team Champions. I think he's Asuka Pro Asuka Project Champion. Wow. Yeah. He's really, uh, really killing out those deep indies. Uh, I'm right now looking up to see what his last match. He's only had oh, he, he's had a pretty good schedule. Good for him. But yeah, leave let leave Kanichiro Arai alone. I'm being Chris Crocker right now. I'm, I'm, uh, I think Dragon Gate's already doing a good enough job leaving him alone. <sighs> just you're just kicking a man while he's down, John. <laughs> uh, apparently, he was in this match in Freedoms with Gintaro and Konanaka, where he was seeing of Chikara and a alcohol drinker death match. So right. he really is living his bliss. I, I hope so. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So Kanda betrayed, and there's, there's we, did you want to say anything else about Kanda? It's cool to see him back as a heel. We'll see how it goes. I, I can't wait to see what his. Have we seen his gear? Have we even posted yeah, his gear? Yeah, it's a uh, uh, half red, half black. Yeah. Okay. I haven't, I haven't it seen it. Yet. He looks hot. It, it, it's up on up uh, on the Dragon Gate uh, Instagram. Like they've like he's he pretty much like had the gear already already made and it's weird because <laughs> what's up that's awesome they just had the gear already made yeah because he like wore it like the next day the next show they had he already had the gear made and it's interesting you have to you have yeah. to remember when, remember when Ata had special gear made for berserk and how that turned out <laughs> yes and i mean like the worst part is that was actually like the best looking gear he ever had yeah it was before his, his trash bag dinosaur face yeah but yeah, like I think this is the longest. Like, even when he was a part of Blood Warriors and New Hazard, he never really wore too much red. Like, this is the most red he's ever worn in I his career. Find, I, I really can't find this picture. Where the fuck is it? Of, of what? Honda in his new gear. Yeah, I'm looking at Dragon Gate Pro. I don't see anything. Fine, I'll find it. Mm. Thank you. In, in you mean, my, do you mean the the English one or the regular one? Because I can't find on either. I, I follow almost all the Dragon Gate guys on it. Uh, Shingo has it. Shingo has it. Okay. Yeah. On what? On Twitter? Oh, on Instagram. No, on Instagram. Oh, fuck Shingo. I mean, naturally, but I uh, he has good photos of the other Berserk guys. Oh yeah, there it is. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool. He just likes to post a lot of pictures of Lindemann drinking alcohol, and I'm like, you're such a terrible influence. Along with drinking alcohol, Milo. Linda Man's a young boy. He should not be drinking booze. What? He, he's over eighteen. It's Japan. 
He should not be drinking. My son will not be out drinking with a man who has a mullet. I think everybody's very mean to Linda Mann. Linda Mann should be able to go out and drink if he wants to go out and drink. We're protective. Oh my okay, god, Shingo, Shingo, Shingo did fucking karaoke recently. <laughs> yeah, with uh... Is, 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 is he as bad as Yamato? Because Yamato is terrible. Like, Yamato is oh, legitimately the worst singer I've ever heard. For a guy so cool, Yamato is really lame. No, but like, you, you know how Yamato, like, when he talks, sounds like a guy who smokes two packs a day? Well, I imagine he does. Yeah, he Yamato, sounds like Yamato, that. Yamato, yeah, Yamato, statistically, Yamato is more likely to smoke than not. So. Yeah. Sorry, what? So statistically, as a Japanese male, Yamato is more but likely it's really to smoke. Weird, because he's already because he's also a chef. Yeah, like smoking kills. Wait a second. Ooh, oh, I see your second. Yeah. I was gonna say like, why the fuck can't a chef smoke? But I get it. Yeah. Because smoking kills your taste bud. I stopped smoking uh, two months ago, and I can taste things now. Oh my god, you really stopped smoking? Yeah. I- Cool. It's it's funny to me. You move to the country where like you can smoke everywhere, and you stop smoking. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so cheap there. Oh my god, is that velvet? They really love their velvet in Berserk. Yeah, is one thing that I noticed. They're very fancy boys. That they're fancy bad boys. Yeah. So now my dream, my dream of me, my dream of meeting you and having a cigarette with you is just over. Apparently, we'll have, we can have a joint. Okay. <laughs> I still I see I'm a, I'm still the once a month smoker so that's basically my my lot in life. Um, what about the was there anything else about Conda turning heel we want to talk about? Um, I hope he kills Shingo. Okay. Next victim of box attack. Yeah, I I think like as I said in my Jimmy's wrap up, like he he'll be a good solid like third person on triangle gate teams you know like that's where he'll be like i i'm i like him as a heel a lot more than as a face so mm-hmm. i i'm i'm happy about it happy about it in that regard but i mean i like face conda though so i guess i was rare in that i i guess like i was always so used to heel conda you know like in this yeah. whole and the whole like john candy up to up through jimmy's thing like it I don't want to say it was forced because he, because like whenever you like would go to like his blog and things like this, he looks like a very pleasant person, you know, like he's always like super happy and smiley, like when he's oh, out. He's a, yeah, he's a nice boy. Yeah, yeah, he's a nice guy. He always like wears long sleeves to cover up his tattoos, not to, not, not to make people feel uncomfortable, you know, like he, he's a, he's a conscientious man, but like, I don't know, like him as a face, like out of everyone in the Jimmies, it was the one that like it didn't really connect with me. As much. I don't know. I always, I, I always liked. Yeah, I always liked him as a face. He felt, he felt to me a lot like a reformed motorcycle gang member. Exactly. Like he felt like a guy who was trying okay, his best so, to be good. And it was adorable. Yeah, I made uh, I made this analogy on Music of the Mat, but the Jimmies are a lot like Dream Daddy. <laughs> that is okay. I can't wait for Tuesday now. I can't wait. <laughs> You know, like oh, I buy it. They're, yeah, they're just a, a bunch of very different hot single dads. Which one? Um, is, and you kind of want to romance them all. And you, you know, Kanda is uh, probably the one who was chasing cryptids in his alone time, but is also just a nice man who wants to be loved. So he's Robert, but, but now he's back to him. yeah, that one. He's I, I, I forgot his name. He's yeah. Robert. He is. Yeah. 
So, um, and just for the record, just like I have fucked Robert in the game, I would fuck Honda. <laughs> John, have you never heard of Dream Daddy? Because like you no, said, I, know, I have no idea what you guys are talking about. Oh, after <laughs> after the oh. show, look it up. It's great. Okay. Yeah. Um. So it's the. Got a great theme song. Mm-hmm. So okay. the the post match, we had a lot of stuff being thrown around. Uh, Dragon Kid and Ata came out to save. Um, you know, save Susumu from getting beaten yes. down anymore. Susumu cried like a baby. <laughs> he was really upset um, with Kanda. He basically even said something like, if you wanted to join Berserk, that was fine, but why'd you have to do it tonight? You know, mm. it's like, this is supposed to be our last day to, at the end of our journey together. You fucking ruined it. Yeah, Kanda's like, you ruined it. But, um, the... So we ended up all out of all this with an eight-man tag. Originally, like, it was... So, Dragon Kid Ada agreed to help, you know, came out and told Susumu, you know, let's fight Berserk together. And Shingo won an eight-man tag. Ryu Saito stepped up to be the partner first, but Shingo was like, no! Shimmies are over. No more teaming up for big, important matches. Shut the fuck up, Shingo. You don't make <laughs> rules. I actually agree with Shingo there. I'm, they need some space. Yeah. Um, Masaki Mochizuki... Okay, 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 okay wait, 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 wait. Mike? Yes? I respectfully disagree with what you just said because Shingo is literally the leader of a unit that is Mad Blanky 2.0. I mean, yeah, but well, like... Well, they changed, they changed enough of it now. That's true, that's true, but still. It started as Mad Blanky. Like, when it started as Mad... Like, when it started, it was yes, literally it was, Mad Blanky 2.0 plus was, Shingo, so... When it started, Shingo's, it was Mad Blanky with every, every the entire fucking unit except uh, who was the only one who didn't join? Kness. Kness, yeah. Yeah, Kness. Yeah. The entire fucking unit, except Kness. So, uh, so Shingo can suck my big toe for saying that. But, like, and that was less of a statement about Berserk. It was more of a statement that, like, the Jimmies are the second longest tenured unit in Dragon System history. Like, I, I'm ready to see them kind of leave the nest and do their own things. Like, it was less it, it was less me agreeing, agreeing with Shingo on... Agreeing with Shingo was more me agreeing with, the, with, his, with, like, his logic path there. I guess that's what I should say. Yeah. Mm. But anyways. So so Masaki Mochizuki comes out, says, I'll be your partner. So for the November 8th Kurikan, we have Mochizuki, Susumu, Dragonkin, Eita, against Shingo, Takashi Yoshida, El Lindemann, and T-Hawk. Um, but before that, we're going to have the Gate of Destiny show. Oh, and we yeah. can transition now into previewing that, because at the other thing, thing to come out of this post-match was the Suzumu laid out a challenge to Mochizuki for the Dream Gate, which, you know, pleased Mochizuki. Mochizuki was pleased as punch by this challenge, obviously. Mm-hmm. He was so he was so happy. He was basically like, I, I always thought we'd get to fight for the title again. So, uh, in a singles match. Yeah, he was so looking forward to it. It's gonna he be was easy. so happy about this. But, um, John, but on, yeah. on the scale, how much is this on... From one to how aroused can Kness gets by hot fighting. Uh, a one to what? What, what am I? One to, to the amount of arousal Kness gets by hot. It fighting. was like it was like a it was a solid eight. Okay, okay. I mean Kness is, is like ten. Yeah, but yeah, I mean like Mochizuki was this is like I'm a three time champion, you're a two time champion. We've never gone one on one for the title, so let's fucking do it. So Mochizuki was so excited. Um, but yeah, so that's going to happen November 3rd. Dream Gate and Ot- November 3rd at, in Osaka at the Ideon Arena Osaka. So um, let's. Well, so that's a good transition. We already talked about our overall thoughts of the show. I thought it was just there. Um, 
Anybody else have anything else to say about it? Mm-hmm. It was just kind of there. I'm surprised we talked this much about it. <laughs> and we did talk a lot about it. So the card, the matches we have so far for the Gate of Destiny show, we basically have all the top matches. We're only missing the random undercard one. So this can be our Gate of Destiny preview. Mm-hmm. Again, November 3rd, Idi Arino Osaka. First of all, Ata versus X. Ata versus um, Ricochet. Eita versus Ricochet, yes. That's yeah, probably it, who it, it is. It, it's Ricochet. I would like I would kill for it to be Eita versus Pac, but it's too soon for that to happen. Yeah, like, like we, how yeah. is Pac we're gonna not get sure, we're not even sure that he left the, the WWE, so Yeah. Yeah, uh we don't know with Pac because Pac is because we don't know if he's gone and then he'd have to wave his ninety day sit on my Absolutely. ass. Right. At home and get paid but, thing. But Ricochet, but Ricochet is free to do it. So yeah, so it's probably Ricochet. I don't think New Japan have a, a policy like that. And he wasn't even signed, was he? No, he wasn't contracted. So so yeah, Ricochet is going to come back. Probably have, we should we should say have, probably have, have an I mean, awkward have an awkward match and get um an awkward graduation. Awkward graduation, even though he hasn't been there in like two years. So, yeah. yeah. Um. I assume Ata's gonna win, but who the fuck knows? Yeah. You assume you assume who is gonna win? Ata. I I fucking hope so, but you know you never know. People never lose their never won their graduation match, other than Pac. Yeah. But do we know it's a graduation match? I I, I didn't see about. Well, that. we we assume it. We're assuming. Yeah, we we should preface this all by we had three kind of hints from Shima that it was. Someone we're familiar with, someone someone that she. Yeah, no, no, I saw that, but it doesn't yeah. say that it, it didn't say that it's his graduation match. No, but, no, it, but he's we're going. Assuming it is, he's, he's going to WWE. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> well, sucks for him. Hey, he gets hang out. I, I know. With... I mean, it was hilarious that news basically broke the day that Pac walked out of WWE. So it was like, okay, so Ricochet is going to have a really cool. Uh, return to Japan slash return to the Indies run in 2022. <laughs> like, that's about about how long these people can stand it. Apparently, it's like five years. And, it, yeah, I know. But honestly, at this point, whenever I see somebody uh, that willingly decides to go to WWE, I just cannot feel anything but disdain for them. So uh, you, I don't. I don't blame the actual person because they're gonna go get money. Yeah, and they're gonna go get paid. It's like okay. It's a giant fucking company that's basically wrestling prison, and you go there to get paid for for as many as many years as you can stand it, and then you fucking get get the fuck out of there. It, and so. you get a raise on your rates after you leave WWE. Yeah, that's, that's the thing is that wouldn't Ricochet be a cruiserweight? Yes. No, no, no. But he well, well, he specifically has said he's not going to be a cruiserweight. So okay. whether or not they've agreed with that, but he basically has said I'm not doing it because so. I don't. Know, I I can't. Oh, he's, He's tall enough to be a non-cruiserweight in WWE. It's true, and he's ripped. Yeah. yeah. He's on that mid-breath. I mean, the cruiserweights are ripped, but they're smaller. Yeah, yeah I think he's going to go to NXT mm-hmm. and, and be part of Hunter's fucking fellatio festival for a while. And oh, then cool. so he's going to rot, so he's going to rot in NXT. But he yeah, gets to gonna... reunite with Tozawa and Uha, and I can't believe I'm defending WWE. I hate myself. They fucking suck. I hate them. But yeah, but, yeah. So he's gonna go to Hunter's Fellatio um, Festival for a year, and then he'll, he'll be he'll be out of that, and then he'll be, you know, on the main roster, fucking doing nothing, losing to Enzo Amore or whatever the fuck he's gonna be doing. But anyways, anyways, getting back to the it's, we think it's Ricochet because Shima laid down some hits hits that he has the three hints where he has competed in Dragon Gate before. It's a name everyone knows, and someone. See, Shima fell in love at first sight, and do y'all know the story about how Shima 
found out about Ricochet? No. Okay, this is actually pretty funny. Uh, so, Shima's the main, like, talent scout for Dragon Gate. Like, that shouldn't be a surprise to anyone. He, like, constantly is, like, watching YouTube and stuff like this. Like, that's part of the reason why he went to the UK. But, like, before DGUSA, he found this clip of the skinny kid from Kentucky doing double backflips. And to say he lost his shit at it is an understatement. It, it would have been a 10 on the Kness scale of being aroused by hot fighting. And he basically brought him into DGUSA just so he could see the double moonsault set next to the commentators and, like, was, like, almost, like, shouting, like, from, like, the crow's nest of the ECW arena about how amazing it was. So he really did fell in love with him at first sight. And Ricochet got such an enormous push right out of the gate in Dragon mm-hmm. Gate, so. so I, I mean, um, he still is the uh, most decorated Gaijin in Dragon Gate history, so. Yeah. Anyway, so it's probably um, and, him. And, and he and he was over and yeah. he was over enough to justify that push. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, so. yeah. Um, but yeah, so we'll see. So she Ada versus Ricochet or X, whatever. Um, match two. Oh, by the way, just one more time, real quick. Fuck WWE. Um, <laughs> I, I apologize for somewhat defending WWE three minutes you, ago. You Honestly, oh hell no. I, Mike, okay. I can't, I can't blame you because I was also trying to be optimistic about Tozawa reuniting with Uha when he signed, but that quickly fell through, and I think it will be the same when we. Oh, like watching the match, that the retro match, it became even more obvious. Like, wow, Tozawa needs to get the fuck back here. Like, what the fuck is he doing over there? But they, he, had, he, had a one week, he had a one-week cruiserweight title run. Like, is he even on TV? I don't uh, the fuck. I don't even know what the fuck he's doing now. He, he, he's on TV. He's feud, feuding with Drew Gulak. And it's a statement that my favorite wrestler in the world is in WWE. And I refuse to watch it. But the thing about Tozawa that like I kind of found out lis- listening to the uh, the Dr. Keith Presents with Alan and, and our dearly departed case was that Tozawa apparently was miserable after Uha and Ricochet left because he loved... Uh, he loves, I told you. He loves I being, told you that. Sorry. <laughs> but yeah, but, no, but he he loves being around Americans. Like his best time of his life was his excursion. So I mean, he likes being over there. So like he's probably like the one person on the two or five live roster that's okay with it. Well, Case probably I was gonna say Case probably got that from us. Like we talked about that a long time ago. Yeah. Remember? Right. But no, no, no. That was Alan who said that though. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, we talked. But yeah, I mean, I I I brought that up before. But um, I yeah, think, I think Jay also talked about it on his appearance. But yeah. Mm. Tozawa really, really, really likes four. Remember he went because we, he went and had dinner with us at TGI Fridays. When me and I, so that's where Alan's getting that from too. I think yeah, because at the when we were on that trip in 2016. Yeah, but yeah. So, um, so the best of friends are going to be reunited at least. But yeah. yeah. Anyways, the rest of this card is amazing. I lo- like. I kind of freaked out on Twitter about this earlier when it got announced. So the open the Brave Gate title match, Kagatora defending against Genki Horiguchi. So we got the the first battle of the, the X Jimmies here. Um, by the way, why is Kagatora still using his name with no caps? Because this, this is the kind of nerd shit that no one but me cares about. But like, I know that too. Is he, yeah, is he just going by Kagatora, but like in um, in normal letters? Yeah, I don't I don't know if he, is he is he using is he using like kanji. I don't even. I, I thought he's, I'm, I'm, he's, never, he's never done that. No, he yeah, because he used to. It used to be all caps Kagatora, like English. So and then it became Jimmy Kagatora. So I, I you know, what he's probably used. Maybe he's still using the, because uh, obviously it's Jimmy Kagatora. I think he did. He he used the, the the um, God. I'm blanking on. 
He's used a katakana, right? That's the entire mm-hmm. name is in katakana. Mm-hmm. So maybe he's just using the katakana for Kagatora. Maybe. I mean, I think we'll figure out like the next time a show yeah, airs. Yeah. yeah. But I don't know. I, I thought he would go back to all caps. Mm-hmm. So stuff only I care about. Um, <laughs> he's defending the title against Genki here. I don't think he's going to lose the title. I guess it's no. possible, but I don't think he will. I don't think so. Genki is a, prof- a prolific uh, Brave Gate champion, of course. Yeah. What is he fight four time, right? Up there. He's up there. I want to look this up because I'm curious. I think it's four. But, like, I- I'm excited about this match. Uh, the-, the Brave Gates lost a bunch of steam from when it was basically up until Maria's reign. Like, since Maria's reign, it's kind of lost steam. But this is the kind of match that I love for. I think it's going to be good. Yeah. Like,. It's one of those things that, like, one, we get the Jimmy on Jimmy intrigue that I'm excited about. Uh, Genki is always great in singles matches. Like, his whole entire career, he has always exceeded expectations in these kind of matches. And it's someone that Kagatora hasn't really fought with, like, since Blood Warriors versus Junction 3. So it's fresh. So I was off a little bit. It's actually three. Three. So Genki, he won the belt March 25th, 2007 from Matt Seidel which would have been right, at, right after he turned heel and joined Muscle Outlaws. He lost to Kanda July 1st, 2007, during Kanda's, um, you know, baby face run. Then he won the belt again in July 27th, 2008, right after um, Dr. Muscle as Masato Yoshino yeah. beat Gamma, beat Gamma for it, and then va- immediately vacated it. So Genki won it, and then he, he lost it to Yoshino October 12th, 2008. And then his last run would have been again after someone vacated it, after Yoshino vacated it, August 30th, 2013. The weirdest one of all, when he vacated the title, saying he thought it belonged to the younger generation, they had a tournament, and Genki, Genki wins it. Genki wins it, yeah. And then Genki so, wins it. So uh, September 29, 2013. That was the weirdest one. Yeah. It's like Yoshino was like, okay, the young people need to win this belt now. And Genki's like, fuck the young people. <laughs> I'm going to win it. But, like, but wasn't yeah, one of those reigns also the Open the Gamma Gate Championship, too? Yeah, the, well, that was the one I just talked about. That, okay. That Yoshino, that Yoshino ended. Right. When Yoshino and Dr. Muscle beat Gamma, Gamma was doing the Open the Gamma Gate thing. So then he vacated, and then the first bra- the first real Brave Gate champion again was Genki. Right. But Genki, Genki was the commissioner during that. That's right, because he, he was under his real name. But anyway, but Flamito beat, Gamma, get, beat Genki for it March 16, 2014, which was the 290-day reign that they've been fucking living off of ever since with him, where he never lost the title. So every time he comes back, he has to fucking challenge for it now. But... Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, this is so Genki has a lot of history with this title. Um, this should be good, and I'm real. I'm pumped to see it. Yeah, like all the title matches are intriguing to me. So yeah, yeah. The the uh, Triangle Gate match is going to be Berserk defending against the uh, Tri Vanguard team of KZ BB Hulk Yamato versus Doyoshi and Katoka Maximum. I really, really hope Maximum wins this. You see, I think it's gonna be Tri Vanguard. Oh, uh, it could be either one, I guess. I, I did. <laughs> but I did. I did a little bit of research. Are you okay, John? Yeah. No, the way you screamed, that was like give Katoka a belt. I it's agree. For years, Katoka fucking well, we had the Brave Gate. Yeah, but yeah, it's been eighty-four years. <laughs> uh, I did some research. This is like the first three-way match they've had all year. So, cool, I guess. Yeah, it's so like, I know... It feels fresh. Yeah, it feels fresh. Like, cause I remember us last year, like, right when I came aboard the show, we were like, another 
three-way match, another three-way match, and then he did like five thousand of them last year. So right, they gave it a break. Yeah, so like that match, I think that if it, I think that that and the Twinkate match, if there's gonna be title changes, it's gonna be those two. So I really, really want Maxim to win this. Well, I want them to win both the next two matches. Actually, they Maxim should have some fucking belts. Okay, they're the most overused in the fucking company. But yeah, um, but yeah, this should be really good though. I'm really mm-hmm. excited for this challenge. Yeah, and then the. Um, Oh, go ahead. Yep. Sima and Dragon Kid defending against Big R Shimizu and Ben K. Big I'm Ben. Done, I'm done predicting CK1 losses because every time I do, they just fucking retain. So, whatever. CK1, just go ahead. Fucking win again. See if I give a shit. Assholes. Who, who knows? Who knows? <laughs> yeah. But I, 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 I'm stoked for this match for, for only for the nickname that Milo gave Big R Shimizu and Ben K. Big Ben. I love that name so much. Big Ben. Yeah. Milo, you have any thoughts on this? Do I? Did <laughs> Do you do, I mean, have I not made my thoughts very clear? I I guess you have, yes. Yeah. I will Will you guys bail me out of Japanese jail? <laughs> um I don't know if I had the money for that, but... Yeah, Japanese jail is kind of tough. I mean, Matt Seidel's stuck there for, like, three months. No, he was in Hawaii, excuse you. Sorry, sorry, yeah, he was in Hawaii. My bad, my bad. He was in Hawaii. And, um, so, yeah, that was the, uh, the Twin Gate title match. The Dream Gate title match, the main event, Masaki Mochizuki against Suzumi Yokozuka. I don't think Susumu is winning, but I would mark out like crazy if he did. Um, oh my I god. Yasio P just put one in the gap. Sorry. <laughs> what? <laughs> Nothing baseball thing. I thought Pre hit a home run at first, but he just hit a double instead. I don't think it's happening, but I wouldn't count it out. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Like, this match can go either way, and I'd be completely happy with it. You know? Yeah, oh, absolutely. I mean, who, yeah, who the fuck is going to be mad? It's like, God damn it! More Mochizuki! Like, yeah, <laughs> if, you, if, you're, if you were that person, please just drop yourself into the nearest active volcano. Honestly, um, <laughs> sorry. honestly, like, Mochizuki versus Susumu is just kind of one of those matches where I'm going to be sitting in front of my computer chanting both these guys. Yeah. Both these guys. Both these guys. I usually exactly. hate that chant, but it would actually work for these two. Oh, totally. Honestly, I, I'm not a fan of most wrestling chants in, in general, but... Just, you must love Japan, then, because they don't fucking chant anything. It's awesome. There, there are a few that I really like. But yeah, I mean, all, all they do is fucking scream the person's name. It's so great. Do you, by the way, no. by the way, you've been there. Have, do you do you jump? Do you join in with the yelling the name? Sorry, what? Do I what? Do you join in with yelling rant the people's names during the match? I don't. I don't dare. Oh, I, I've done. I want to do it, but I don't know when it's appropriate to. I just I just do it whenever somebody else is doing it. Like whenever somebody else is like yelling a name, I just yell. I also yell the but name. Sure. But yeah. I, I I tried to do crowd calls for Tazawa at GG USA. Yeah, it was pretty. It didn't go so well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, I, this, I, I should, this this you, but I got to tell you something, John. I got to tell you something about the Japanese crowd. Uh huh. Is that you have no idea how fucking happy I was about the fact that when Moose had his match in No in at the Noah show, and the ref was counting like you know. Uh, the the no, not ten count because it's twenty count here. Yeah. Uh, that no one was chanting moose afterwards. <laughs> that was 
fucking amazing. Uh, that was like, oh, yes, thank you so much for not doing that. Ah. <laughs> uh. I'm actually trying to find, like, the last time that Susumu and Mochizuki had a singles match with each other, and I can't find it. It's, I mean, the, the really famous one they had was yeah. they had the, the uh, name versus name match. Contra match, yeah. Yeah, Mochizuki contra Mochizuki match right after Mochizuki turned face and left MGK, mm-hmm. which obviously, I don't need to tell you who won that, I think. Yeah. They had another one um, right after Mochizuki turned heel and joined Aga and Izu. Where if Susumu had lost to him, the stipulation was he was supposed to have to turn heel, but then Mochizuki beat him and then beat and then just fucking laid him out again. Like Susumu went to join the group, be like, okay, I guess I'm in this group now. And Mochizuki's like, fuck you, and kicks him in the, and kicks him in the head, and basically like, um, you know, I don't know what what the hell just fell, but <laughs> yeah, Mochizuki like kicks him in the head or something. It was my, it was my it's, a, it's okay. So Mochizuki like lays him out and is like, you're too much of a baby face to ever be heel again, but. Which is funny, since since then, Susumu was briefly a heel again mm-hmm. in uh, in Real Hazard, although it was very briefly. And Mochizuki has never been a heel again since the end of Aganizu. But yeah, I, I don't. They probably had another singles match after that, either in King of Gate or something. I don't. I don't know. I just looked I it up. Those are those are two that I remember though. What what is it? So they actually had two in a period of uh, three months in 2010. One of them was for uh. DGUK. Which probably was really good. Because, oh yeah, that's isn't that a really famous one too? Didn't people really love that match? Uh, the Takagi match, Susumu Takagi was. Oh okay. And then they had one that was televised at I've never heard of this venue before, Osaka Kansai Television Nademo Arena. Okay. So Where the who? I don't remember the 2010 one. Did yeah. Mochizuki win? Did Mochizuki win them both? No, Susumu was kind of positioned as the ace at TGUK, so he won that uh, one. But, but he mo- lost. Yeah. But yeah. They lost in Japan. So they probably had the one in Japan to make up for that. Yeah, but yeah, so I, I think we're all pretty stoked about that. Like this 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 So is that their that's their last matches though? Is it their only matches other than the, other than the, I, the two I brought up? Well, when I've looked up Susumu Yokosuka and I searched like opponents Misaki Mochizuki, there were in the five hundred and ninety one hits for that. So I'm not gonna try to go back through 500 matches, but those are those there's two. A, there's no way to. There's no way to just hit singles only. I I'm not good at cage match, John. There is a way to hit singles match only, sir. Yeah, yeah look, of course. At, look in the drop down. Okay. <laughs> okay, they've they've had 12 singles matches. Okay. Ever. Give them to. Okay, starting back from the beginning at El Numero Uno Special 2001, it was for the common British Commonwealth Junior Weight. Junior heavyweight title, Mochizuki beats uh, Susumu. And then there was one at Korkin, which was probably... They don't list it as the Mochizuki contra Mochizuki match, but it was the only other time they had that from uh, February 24th, 2002. Yeah, that was definitely definitely the Mochizuki contra Mochizuki match. uh, Susumu gets his first win in 2003 in El Numero Uno. That is March 30th, 2003. (laughs) Then Mochizuki beats him... Non-stop until that uh, DGUK show. Pretty much, he wins two matches in 2004 against him. The first Dragon Gate match was at Differ Arak- Ariaki, which is interesting because that's closing, on March 27th, 2005. They had a match during Everyday Pro Wrestling as one of the premium matches on 
August 16th, 2005, King of Gate 2006, Mochizuki beats Sumu. Okay, I remember that match. Uh, that was really good. And then, the, actually, they've had two other King of Gate matches, uh, both in 2015, where Mochizuki beat him, and then in 2014, where Susumu beat him, where Susumu won King of Gate that year. So Okay. So, yeah, they've had... There you go. So, they've had two matches in the last few years, basically. But not... So, they haven't had singles matches since that 2015 one. They haven't. They this have. is their first non-King of Gate singles match since 2010. Right. So, interesting. So, and go. the all-time record is Susumu 3, Mochizuki 9. <laughs> so. Wow. But yeah, so this should be really good. I'm really pumped. And if you're not excited for this match, I really don't know what you're doing listening to this podcast. Or the show. This, the, like, all the title matches look interesting from the outset. You know? Yeah. Like, the, like... We're in the hot season. We have this, and we have the Sendai show coming up. So, I mean... When is the, when is the Sendai show? It's, I think, November 21st. I think it's Memorial Day. Yeah, Memorial. So, we're having, so we're having two pay-per-views in the same month. Wow. It's yeah. Crazy. And I think it's 21st of November. I'm looking up now, but iHeartDG is being slow at the moment. Wow. Uh, I'm sure. I'm sure 26th. It's 26. the 26th. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, so that's exciting. But yeah, so it looks like a good card for Gate Destiny. So yeah, and Osaka's always hot for them. I mean, like they've had a lot of really good shows at Gate uh, the last few years in Gate Destiny. The only, yeah. I mean, the only the only Dragon Gate match that made my top ten match of the year was last year was a Gate Destiny match. It was the Tozawa farewell six man. So oh, let's see. see. Oh, you see, like I had a my my whole uh, top ten list had a, had a lot more Dragon Gate matches, but also I watch Dragon Gate more predominantly than you do. Like, yeah, I watched like I watched like fifteen promotions. Now. I think I'm down to like, like regularly following because I'm not because the whole Gabe Gate thing pretty much made me stop watching Evolve. I think I'm pretty much down to like DG USA. Evolve is a uh, not not Evolve. Sorry, Progress is something I keep on in the background. Wow, you just said you just said DG USA, sir. <laughs> sorry, it's late. Miami won today, and that was a very emotional and stressful experience so since then i've just got i've been kind of plateauing downwards oh but, the, Do- the dodgers tied it by the way oh sweet yeah uh for, Cubs. I, I don't i forget if this was in the pre-show but john and i are both cheering for the dodgers right now and the playoffs yeah, it was the pre-show yeah. yeah our illustrious pre-tape that no one gets to hear but usually <laughs> no, is the most every, random omakaze too is like that like the, yeah if i I really should start a fucking Patreon for my podcast and just be like, you get to hear the fucking half. Like, me, Dylan, and um, Connor talked for like a fucking half hour before we ever started recording. And it's like, I should be recording this shit and putting it on the fucking, put it on Patreon. I, I mean, like, our, our Mokazi time, we like spent like 20 minutes like shooting the shit too. Like, yeah. it's kind of an ongoing thing. That's what we should offer. We should start our, our Patreon for our pre tapes. But yeah, go Dodgers. Dodgers. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So what, what what were we talking about? <laughs> uh, oh, oh, we were talking about Gate Destinies and how okay. awesome they were. But oh, so I was gonna say. So my top ten this year has no Dragon Gate at all so far. So I hope that this mat that that the Gate of Destiny or Sendai can produce a match finally to crack my top ten. I mean, this has been. I mean, it's not like there haven't been like matches in Dragon Gate. I've had like four and a quarter. I think there was somebody that had like four and a half. But this has been like an exceptional fucking year. Elsewhere, yeah. yeah. Like I, New I, Japan, New Japan's having an amazing year. Mm-hmm. After they had a, after they had a pretty crappy, in my opinion, 2016. Um, DDT's having a really good year again. Um, All Japan's having a good year. Big Japan's having a pretty good year. They just broke. I do have one Dragon Gate wrestler on my list now because I gave that the 30 minute draw 
that they Daisuke Sakimoto and Koei Sato against Yuji Okabayashi and Shingo Takagi, um, the Big Japan September 20th Kurikan, that just debuted on my list at number eight. So Shingo is on my Shingo made on my list. Mm-hmm. You, you know, like for me, probably like my one DG mass match I have on the list would probably be the Mochizuki uh, Shimizu match from the last Korkin. Like yeah, that, that's probably quite as much as you. Then. Yeah, it would be that or the Shimizu Yamamura match. Like to be honest, most of my matches probably would be like WWN had a really good set of shows in New Orleans this year. Like I really liked that there was a bunch of good tag matches on there. Like if the South Pacific Power Trip didn't have all the issues with like ankles breaking and visas, I think that that like they would be all over my list. But also the same with Ring Ring Comp. I love their match of Ring Comp that they had in progress. Tony, Tony Storm, let me just say, it's very attractive. I got to meet her in person when I was in Japan. She was she's very pretty. Dreamy. She's dreamy. Like she's like she's one of those girls that looks like she could fucking kill you too, which is cool. <laughs> Tony, Tony Tony Storm. Oh yeah, I want her to kill me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I think all three of us would be okay with that fate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah. That's my top ten list. I don't know how we got onto it. Oh, because you yeah. mentioned Tony Storm. Um, but yeah, so I hope Gay Destiny once again brings something Dragon Gate on my list because it feels weird mm-hmm. not having anything Dragon Gate on my list. Um, so that's Gay Destiny. Moving on, should we do our retro rewatch now, I guess? Yeah, I think that's probably good enough time as anything because we have a pretty full mail- mailbag this week. Yeah, so let's get through the retro. Let's get through the retro rewatch so we can get to the mailbag because I don't want this to go that much longer than yeah. two hours. <laughs> um, first of all, retro rewatch this year was this week was my pick. If we brought it back, it was Akatsuki taking on Mad Blanky in a five on four handicap. Unit must disband. Loser of the fall loses their mask or hair, and because it's five on four, the the Akatsuki team only needs a two count to pin the Mad Blanky team, whereas the Mad Blanky team still needs a three count to pin Akatsuki. So um, this so match, much happening. So yeah. much. this match is like again overload of stipulations, but it really worked. I mean, the crowd, the crowd understood it all too. Like, mm-hmm. but yeah, so this is. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, Dragon Gate crowds are used to that. Yeah, mm-hmm. this, this was. Uh, do, you, do you have the date for this, Mike? It was like July something, two thousand fourteen. No, it was August because it was after. Okay. Oh yeah, after World. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, it was the right after World. Mm-hmm. Um, so at this point, basically, Shingo had just beaten. Um, Shima for the open the Dreamgate title world ending his two year title reign, um, that which you know opened a new door for Dragon Gate and all that. We had at this point which Akatsuki lost like a month later. Yes, we're gonna get. To, I was gonna get to that. Thank mm-hmm. you. Uh, it, um, it was it was actually August first. August first. Okay. Um, so Shingo. T- so at this point Akatsuki was just Shingo Takagi, um, Ch- Chihiro Tomonaga, not yet Punch. And the third Super Shenlong, the, shi- the, su- the third Super Shenlong, not yet, uh, not even the formerly Super Shenlong, not even not yet a woman either, um, teaming up with their partner Cyber Kong, who was just added to Akatsuki basically just for this match to get them a fourth member mm-hmm. because Yamato had been a part of this this pathetic fucking unit too before he turned on Shingo during a Twin Gate match against um, BB Hulk and Akira Tozawa. Gave Hawkins Zawa the train gate and turned heel for the first time in many years and joined Matt Blanky, which he was like at the the fucking height of his powers here. As yeah, a really heel. like he just looked so fucking cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so the bad Blanky team was Yamato, Akira Tozawa, 
BB Hulk, uh, Punch Terminal, or not, sorry, Mondai Ryu, not Punch Terminal, and KZ. Mm-hmm. It, one thing that obviously struck me is how many guys in this fucking match would like change alignments in the next few years. Because this is only three years ago. Yeah. The Mad Blanky team, Tozawa would turn babyface at the end of this fucking match. Mm-hmm. BB Hulk would turn babyface, um, you next know, less year. than a year later. Yep. And became like the big, ended up as Dreamgate champion as a babyface in four of um, Dia Hearts. KZ would turn babyface less than a year later, or now like a year and a half later. And joined Dia Hearts early 2016, but he was in, he was out injured for a long time before that. Mm-hmm. Um, then um, who else in the Mad Blanky team? Monday, yeah, Monday, Monday, you would finally turn face like re- very recently, but you did stay here for a long time after that. Uh, j- after just that. to interject for a second, uh, I don't know if you all saw the news, but Monday Ray is ter- returning to the ring on the 26th. Yes, I did see that. Actually. Yeah, good for him. Good for him. I thought he was going to retire. His debut as a member of. Um, as over generation, but yeah, and then Yamato would turn face a few years later. Mm-hmm. But um, on the other side, the heels on the baby face side, Shingo would turn heel like two years later. Mm-hmm. Um, or Tomonaga would turn heel like what, like three months later or something? It was very soon after that. It, it was the same show that Doi joined, uh, uh, Mad Blanky. Oh, it's like a month, yeah. Yeah, so like Tomonaga turned heel a month later. Doi, who you brought up, he came out in the post match to save Tozawa. He returned heel like a month later and joined Mad Blanky. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Maria wouldn't turn heel, but she'd become Maria yeah. like a month later and join join the Millennial. So well, she'd become tweener. Yeah. And um and yeah, so like a lot of and, and Kong would turn heel like a month later. Right. So you're or weeks later, I think, actually. Mm-hmm. So tons of turns after the, right after this match. There's like kind of like an end of an era match, basically. Uh, even though for Yamato, it was just him starting out as a heel. Mm-hmm. But for a lot of these people, it was like an end of an era match. Um, this was a match that I really, really liked at the time. It, it disappeared from the internet for a long time because it was one of those matches that was uploaded to uh, Daily Motion when that got lost in the great Daily Motion purge, basically. <laughs> right. So, and then it was, I think it, it might have been open the Dragon Gate 2, and that also got lost in that purge. Mm-hmm. So it was it was gone for a long time. And then when Jay put up the the archive, the new archive that had everything up through like what twenty seventeen or twenty sixteen or something, um, you know, I, I paid my hundred bucks and got that, mm-hmm. um, and that became the, um, you know, that became the new archive. So I had Mike rip that for us, but so yeah, so that became the new archive. I, as soon as I heard the archives going up, I wanted to I wanted to do this match. I will say it didn't hold up quite as well as I was expecting. I, it was still really good, but like there were there were longer periods that were um, like the, the Tomonaga beatdown segment seemed like it went on forever. Mm-hmm. Um, and Tomonaga is not a very sympathetic babyface. I get why they turned him heel because like he just got fucking destroyed, and it was like just you know it just it went on forever, and it just like it it wasn't very interesting. Um, the two count stuff was still really cool though. Like Tom and I going for all those flash two counts on KZ was was a really fun little time. Do you remember that sequence, Milo? Uh, he basically going, keeps going for roll ups on KZ, and the crowd was like losing their minds because mm-hmm. you because you only need a two count to get the pen. So any roll up can get a fucking two count. No, the one thing that was amazing um, with that two count rule was Punch Tomonada kicking out of a pumping bomb. Uh, um, no, Mondai Ryu. Mondai Ryu, yeah, kicked out, kicked out a pumping bomber. Which was incredible. Yeah, but um, but um, but yeah. I mean, it was uh, the two count rules was really cool. Um, the, the match kind of started with like a brawl around the building, you know, which is typical for 
a match like this. It was a very heated brawl, though, I have to say. Um, the, o- the only good things about Akatsuki, but for you who don't know Akatsuki, by the way, they were a unit that formed after the end of Junction 3, when uh, also like World 1 International formed, which is also, uh, not a very good unit either, but next to Akatsuki, they're like the greatest unit of all time. Because <laughs> Akatsuki fucking sucked. I mean, the only good, there are two good things about them. Their theme song, which, you know, you got to, got to hear it again here. It was a very cool theme song. And this match, basically. <laughs> like, that was it. Yeah, um, uh, yeah, John. Never- that, that's, it's how you feel about Deep Drunkers is how I feel about uh, Akasuki. Like, I mean, they fuck it. They're one of the worst dreams of all time. I'm not. Easily. I would, yeah, I mean, like, you know, basically it was Shingo, Yamato, and Josh. Kind of like the hmm? Deep Drunkers of Babyface units. Yeah. I mean, like, that's a good way of putting it. The only other people in the unit were Jobbers. Mm-hmm. So they all they only had four members, right? Was there a fifth member? I'm not thinking of. No, it was. It always had four members around, and yeah. uh, Shinko Yamato, Tomonaga, and Super Shenlong. Right, and like the whole idea to be a unit was supposed to be like a new beginning for everyone, and yeah. not really was that. And like the only other memory I have is when Jay used to have his podcast like back then he talked about that basically it was a high school unit where where shingo and yamato were driving up front of shingo's trans am and they shoved the they shoved the freshman shinlong and tomonaga in the back seat yeah i mean like shingo and yamato were not very interesting during this period either which is another problem yeah and like they won the twin gate but then you know that was a very uninteresting reign and then yamato finally turned heel thank god and that led to one of the best runs of any Dragon Gate wrestler. Um, but yeah, so Shingo, um, you know, the Akatsuki in this match, you know, they, they add Cybercon. Like, I feel like Cybercon was not really an Akatsuki member. He add, got added basically just for this match. Mm-hmm. So for people who, don't, who watch this and don't get it, like, he really was not a member. Um, but yeah, so, so Tozawa, Tozawa had to be the most popular heel in Dragon Gate history. Like, you totally get why they turned him right after this match, because, like, the crowd just screamed like crazy for everything he did. Mm-hmm. Like, that the repeating dive thing he did when he would go, like, oi, oi, oi. Like, when Shingo goes, oi, 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 the crowd boos him and doesn't do it. When Tozawa does, oi, 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 as a heel, the crowd literally goes, oi, oi, oi. Like, they really, like, cheer really loud for him. Like, I can't, like, Yamato and Doi, I guess, come close, but, like, he sh- Tozawa has to be the most popular heel in Dragon Gate history. Mm-hmm. It's either, like, like the only ones who really comparable is like people from the Toriyaman days, I guess. Right. Yeah. And like, like Shima and Milano and Magu. And, and really, like this was just about two years after he returned too. So yeah. like he he returned with like his big heel push, and basically two years like it, it was the perfect time for him to turn face. Like now, now what they did with him after he turned face, on the other hand, fucking sucked. Uh, uh, up until uh, up until Monster Express formed, it was a pretty bad summer for him. And then Monster Express formed, and that still sucked, in my opinion. <sighs> I was not a big fan of Monster Express. I know you were, but I, I didn't like them that much. I, I'm a Tozawa fan, it, it, so it always, yeah. felt, it always just felt like Tozawa was like way behind Yoshino and Shingo, which he should have been like much closer to them in rank by now. Yeah, and I think that might have contributed a little bit to him leaving. So yeah. Um, but yeah, so Tozawa, very, very popular in this. I was just, I was saying before that, you know, the Tomonaga beatdown statement kind of went on forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, poor, poor Maria fell off the top rope, which was very embarrassing. But, um, the, 
like Milo brought up the best near fall in the match where, you know, Cyber did uh oh no the pumping bomber, mm-hmm. but but then uh, uh, before that though Shingo hit the Shingo Shingo did the pumping, pumping bomber on Monday yeah. you hit out at one. Yeah, another one where Cyber hit the hit the pineapple bomber and then did a splash and like mm-hmm. I'm on there and that also got a one count. I and love I, it. Like, because <laughs> like, the strongest wrestler in Dragon Gate. Because they had only set those stipulations at the very start of the at the very start of the night, mm-hmm. and Shingo basically once it became clear they were going to get these two count stipulations, Shingo pointed out like, you know, CyberCon could get a two count fall on on KZ or Mondario um, with any of his offense. So yeah. <laughs> that's so that was kind of set up for that. Like Shingo was suddenly cheery about it. So I think when when Cybercock hit that splash, people were like, Oh my god, is he gonna get the fucking two count here? But yeah, the crowd's just going fucking crazy. Uh jo- um, J- John, would this have been like one of the first two count matches, too? I, no, because they were doing the the Naoki open the Brave Gate in twenty eleven. Oh right, I forgot about that. Yeah, I mm. think that was I think that was the start of it. I could be wrong, mm-hmm. but I think that was the uh, the beginning of the two count was the night the Blood Warriors authorized open the Brave Gate title. Right. Um, but yeah, that was uh, so. Then towards the end, we had the Shio 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 as the announcer kept yelling when Mandai Ryu like threw the salt in uh in Shingo's face. I think it was right in Shingo's yeah. face. So like Shio Shio Shio. I just love that call. Um. But yeah, that was a that was a really really cool, um, you know, that was a really cool stipulation, uh, or it's a really cool spot in the match, I mm-hmm. should say. And then uh, there was another great near fall where where um, Shenlong slash Maria did the crucifix bomb on Tozawa, and that could have easily been a, a two count. And Tozawa basically had to crawl underneath the crucifix hold. Mm-hmm. It was really cool. Like he had to quickly like crawl underneath to escape. It was so awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, right at the end, Tozawa pinning Shenlong with the package German, resulting in Tozawa unmasking Shenlong as the artist currently known as Yosuke Santa Maria. And as he's doing that, like as he's like laughing over his victory, Yamato like comes up from behind like a fucking movie monster and grabs him in the sleeper. It was just one of my favorite one of my favorite turns. But yeah. What were we gonna say about? What's up? No, I forgot that I wanted to say something about the match. All right, go go ahead. I'm, I'm not, I'm not, um, I wasn't trying to get back. The, the, the one thought that I had um, was during the finish is that it's kind of, you know, we, we, we talked, I think that's one of the, the, the criticisms that people have a lot about Dragon Gate is like finisher spamming at the end of these, these big matches, right? Yeah. Okay. No, I thought that was um, one of the examples where it's done Totally over the top, but totally right. Oh yeah, I agree. Like just it, you know, busting out pumping bombers, pineapple bombers, gallerias, packaged Germans, left and right, and I just, I really liked actually how they how they they did that. Mm-hmm. Like it, like this was not. It's not going to rank up there of my top disbands matches, but they used the finishers quite well, and they played the two versus three count rules excellently with that, especially with Monday Ryu and KZ, like, basically, like, fighting off, especially Monday Ryu, like, he was a champ during this match. Like, this was, like, right in the middle of, like, the salt craze, too. <laughs> so, like, the, like, like, there was, like, at a time, there was, like, a whole section of the crowd that was, like, the Monday Ryu section that would mm-hmm. always, like, have, like, bags of salt and, like, wear, like, 
fake masks like that. So like it, he he kind of felt like other than Tozawa, like the most over person in Mad Blanky at the time. And it, I, I thought it was a fun match. Like it's it, it's interesting. Like John, like how you were talking about earlier, like how everyone's alignment has changed a lot since then. It's just kind of weird in a lot of ways. Like watch. Yeah, it's this only match. been three. It's only been like there's only four years ago. Mm-hmm. Like a, a lot of these people have had like multiple turns. Like, right. Like, like, Dor- like Doi and Yamato both turned. Uh, Doi has turned twice since him. Yeah. Since that. So like you know, but um, but yeah, this was this was really awesome. Like really, really awesome. Um, I mean, it, I would. It, I thought I used to think it was like one of the best, one of my favorite Dragon Gate matches. It maybe was not quite to that level. Um, it was a uh, maybe like, uh, I would say like uh. I would give it like four and a half, probably. Yeah. So not one of the well, not one of the all time best ones, but still a really really good match. And I think like all the stipulations and all the storyline stuff that coming out of it makes it even more memorable. So, um, do anyone else want to say anything about the actual match before I move into the post match stuff? No, we're getting right into the post match. Yeah. So so the post match. Um, so basically, like I said, Yamato like pulls pulls Tazawa up and gives him the, the choke sleeper. Um, afterwards, he gives like one of the most logical explanations for a turn in Dragon Gate history, where he's like, "Okay, first of all, I gave you the fucking Twin Gate titles, which um, you know, like that was you you wasted the gift I gave you when I joined Mad Blanky, because he he turned on on Shingo to give Yamato and Hulk or uh, give Tazawa the Hulk and Hulk the Twin Gate, but they lost the belts pretty quick. I don't mm-hmm. remember who they lost. But Mochizuki and Fuji, maybe? Yeah, I think that was a Zetterin's team. Yeah. Um, so they lost the Twin Gate pretty quick. Then, after that, um, he's, he pointed out, like, you know, you, you targeted Shingo's... You targeted fucking Tomonaga's mask... Or not Tomonaga. Uh, Yosuke's mask? Who gives a shit? Like, the target was Shingo and his hair. Um, and and he- then the... I was gonna say, and you know, and like that's something that like you do notice, like going back and rewatching like the last few minutes of the match. Yeah, they were really going after Shingo. Yeah. So like the fact that they that that Tozawa was finally like, yeah, let me just pin this fucker. Like it makes sense that uh that they would they would finally that they'd be pretty pissed off at him. And, and you um, and Tozawa was totally in the right there. Like get your win, make sure your team doesn't disband and someone doesn't lose their hair or mask. Like, yeah, it's, I mean he's a heel, so yeah. I guess. Your miles a heel, so I guess it makes yeah. sense. But yeah, I mean, like, you know, it's whatever. It's just you know. Um, but yeah, after after that, the other thing he points out was like, it makes me sick the way the crowd cheers for you. And it's like, yeah, the crowd cheers for him like fucking crazy. And this is not like that was a, a new thing either. Like all the entire heel run, as you know, like they would, you know, Cesaro yells brainbuster, they yell brainbuster. You know, like, there's all the short shit like that where, like, Tozawa really would play the crowd more than any other heel. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, so it made total sense. And then the Yamato would turn on him. And after after that, you know, the that would lead to World One International came out and saved him. But, like, you know, Doi would, Doi would turn, like, a few weeks later anyway. And... It's, oh, God, it's so fucking funny. <laughs> yeah. That like, Yoshino is wearing that shirt that says, please watch my back. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, yeah. Dora, Dora will watch your fucking back, all right. I'll watch mm-hmm. it long enough to stab you, motherfucker. <laughs> um, but yeah, the so yeah, that, they, they save him. Then Mochizuki and Fuji come out. And that leads to Tozawa saying he wants to team with Shingo again. And all this other stuff. And Mochizuki wants pro wrestling to be fun for him again. So they booked a match for Kurikan next month. But yeah, I mean the the stuff that came after this I didn't really like quite as much, except for Yamato winning the Dream Gate, 
what's he also set up here with Yamato challenging Shingo and you know Shingo would end up losing the belt in his very first defense um, <laughs> it, via it, the Frankensteiner of the Almighty mm-hmm. I love it and, and really this was like the one of the two big moments that kind of saved Yamato's career you know in a lot of ways like really established like like this is a moment that like really established the big six in a lot of ways you know so like I, I it, it was a big it was a big moment if not for the match kind of you, you, you know ending one of the worst stables of all times like like it like as you're saying earlier John like if if Kobe World wasn't like opening the gate to a new era with Shima's reign being defeated this show really kind of cemented that yeah so but yeah uh, I think that means I think Milo it's your turn to choose a match for the next show. Really? Yeah. Cool. So. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 